You want to make mom smile this Mother's Day? You can start Mother's Day with flowers or surprise her with gifts from the brands she loves delivered the very same day with DoorDash. Wow, that's a great idea. Moms are such a gift to us and we should treat them the same way with gifts, especially on Mother's Day. I didn't know DoorDash was doing that. That's exceptional. If your mom has a sweet tooth or if she's a tech enthusiast, beauty connoisseur, if she's outdoorsy, no matter what she's into, you can make her smile with a fruit or flower bouquet, makeup, tech gear, workout wear, and more, all deliverable through DoorDash. Get all your Mother's Day gifts all in one place and get 50% off your next order up to $15 when you spend $15 or more on your next flower, convenience, grocery, or retail order now with code THEO. That's T-H-E-O. Order using DoorDash today. Terms apply. Today's episode is brought to you by Gray Block Pizza and Bronx Born Pizza in Bend, Oregon. Bronx Born in Bend and Gray Block in Los Angeles at 1811 Pico Boulevard on the way to the beach. Gray Block Pizza. Get that hitter. Today's guest is a Japanese-American entrepreneur and entertainer. Um, he is the host of one of the most popular shows, JK News. Uh, I'm so happy to have him here today, Mr. Joe Jitsukawa. We had a Joey Diaz episode that we sat on for almost two months, you know, just oh, trying wow. to, because we just had other comics that came in or like, a, you know, somebody would come in that was like, you know, you don't want it to all be goofy or. Um, yeah, yeah. That's what I like about your channel, actually, is because you, you, I mean, you've had a, a Jordan Peterson on. Yeah. And it's super serious, right? But I mean, it's never too serious because it's with you. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, I struggle with knowing, you know, if I'm being... I don't know. I struggle sometimes if it's a guest that's like, you know, very smart or something like Jordan Peterson, like yeah. a real, you know, or somebody like that uh, with like, I guess, being afraid to joke around because I feel like, I don't know, I guess like I feel like if I joke too much with somebody like that, that they're going, they're going to shut down. You know, yeah. they'll think, especially since it's someone yeah, older, they'll think like older people will feel like younger people are manipulating them sometimes mm. just because of the difference in like language mm -hmm. or, um, or things you like kind of say, they'll think like, oh, is this person making fun of me? Even if you're yeah, not. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, he, he, like, is this a troll interview? You know, right. just like a Ali G kind of thing. Yes. Right. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, anyways, man, congrats, dude. I mean, I remember when you first got on JK news, I yeah. saw your Instagram, you were like at a hundred thousand and like, now you're like. Like yeah, three hundred thousand, yeah. and then like your channel too. I, um, when I when I first saw it, I was like, "Dang, this is crazy!" Like this guy's super talented, and then you just whoosh, like within a matter of months, man. Yeah, and, and thanks, yeah, man. dude, for real. Like, and I saw you live in Minnesota when we oh, were yeah, hanging right. out. I was like, "No shit, dude, you got me." I was dying in <laughs> tears. It's been a while since I started, like, since I cried during the stand up. Scene. Yeah. Your Beetlejuice bit got me dying, oh, bro. Dude. Yeah. That was a scary, that was a, I mean, I was in a scary time in my life, but it was definitely kind of a ridiculous time. <laughs> um, yeah, so Joe and I saw each other in, at the Gary Vaynerchuk uh, 
show in Rochester. <laughs> what would you think about? Would you think about uh, Gary V after? Had you seen him before? Like, would you know about Gary V before? And then, would you think? Yeah, actually, one of uh, my business partners. He's he's in that world. Like, he used to work with like a lot of motivational speakers and stuff like that. And he put me on him. Right. And then he's like, "You wanna you wanna get to know this guy." Most most of these guys, I don't really like because they don't run businesses or they don't know what they're talking about. They right. just sell dreams and stuff. Mm. So they sound like like a used car salesman to me. Okay. But then this dude, when I heard him, I was like, oh shit, this guy, he's a businessman. Like yeah. he, 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 he has his parents, I think it was a liquor store or wine company and he blew it up. Yeah, I think he had a wine company and then yeah. they like, tri- he like tripled their sales once he got like active, like, like pushing the business. I mean, right. they had a business to begin with. Exactly. And then, and, and the stuff that he says makes sense. And I know this because, you know, I own like a few restaurants yeah. and I have, I've been in business for a while. So I'm like, all right, cool. Like I could tell that he's not bullshitting. I like what he's saying. He's straightforward. And I think that's what we need right now. We need a guy that can just be straight about everything. Right. Yeah. Do you think, um, yeah, because I watch every, you know, like when, when things I watch, I'm like, oh, is this person, you know, are they just giving me information? Are they somebody that I could look at as like a, an actual guide? Are they just selling me something? Um, you know, those are the things that I, I think, you know, are my natural inclinations when I'm watching something. Like, okay, is this just for entertainment? Yeah. Is this for entertainment and education? Is this just an, uh, a hidden advertisement, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was interesting. I left out of there. I, I definitely thought it was interesting. I felt like I get this fee- this vibe, and I can be totally wrong. It's just, you know... I, most of the vibes I get are wrong, and um, but that Gary, he's just like so into business, though, that it becomes almost like an obsession, you yeah. know? Like I, I, yeah, that's true. Like, that's where yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. want to be ever in my life. I mean, I don't, you know, I woke up at probably 10 30 a.m. today, so I don't think I'll ever get to that place, <laughs> but um, I know what you mean. It's, all, it's all about that balance, about. right? You don't yeah. want to obsess to the point where your relationships suffer. When and you're just greedy, where things. you have like, yeah, if right. your family has like a hundred million dollars, like, <laughs> what does that even mean? You I, know, I kind of get it because I have friends like him, right? And they, oh, the do way, you really? Yeah, the way they see business is like a video game. So they're, you know, how some people are super obsessed with like different hobbies and video games, or like some people want to surf like ten hours a day or something yeah. like that, right? And that's the way this guy masturbate. A lot of our listeners want to masturbate for half the day. <laughs> right. And some of these guys have been sending me pictures and artwork. <clears throat> some guy sent me a drawing the other day, allegedly done in, you know, skeet or whatever they call it. <laughs> what did they do? Uh, jack off onto a piece of paper? I didn't see any of the, <laughs> I didn't see him make the paint. You know what I'm saying? But I definitely saw. You know, the final artwork and the art wasn't even any good. And I felt bad for looking at it. <laughs> and then he sent me a message like, just look again and see if you like the picture. And I was like, and I looked again because I want to be, <laughs> I don't want to not be somebody that doesn't care about somebody's art. Yeah. You know, and it still was just horrible. It just didn't even look like art. It looked like somebody just honestly masturbated onto a piece oh, of paper. Man. So I think I kind of got tricked. But anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, some of our listeners, but yeah, go on. You were saying people do all kinds of yeah, stuff. I just think the thing is like, um, it could become a video dude, game. Yeah, I think he just he's just passionate about it. Right. And and but you're right like I mean sometimes obsessions and passions can go overboard and it could destroy people, but I think he does it in a in a more healthy way because he doesn't preach that hashtag hustle you need to work all day and do all this stuff. Um if you really listen to what he's saying, 
it's really there's a bigger picture to it and it's about like connecting with people being right. genuine creating products and businesses that are ethical and stuff like that right so it's not really it's not really this like work all day work all night don't even sleep you can sleep later mentality right i think if you love doing anything you'll do that for farming if you're passionate about farming you know yeah. what i mean like so i think it's it's just with money there's this weird stigma around it like because there are so many you know shady scammers and all that stuff that's tied to that kind of world yeah yeah do um yeah but yeah you're right i think about that it's like um think about that a lot i guess and maybe i don't know if i even obsess sometimes on that like like what is like enough are you into business to be doing business yeah i'm into business you know that's cool i'm into it i'm getting more into it yeah yeah you know i think what happened for me was uh i just started getting busy and so it's like, okay, my time is a commodity. Yeah, yeah, for you know? sure. And it's really the only, com it's like the only like, commodity that's definitely mine. Yeah. Um, you know, like intrinsically, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So it's like, you know, that bus start has, from there things started like, okay, well, I can't do this anymore. I can't do that. Like, I can have a conversation that's a, you know, I can't hang out and just listen to somebody that's drunk talk for an hour. Yeah. Because yeah. they're not going to, nothing's <laughs> going to come of it. Right. Nothing's going to come of it for me. Nothing's going to come up for them. Yeah. Like, you know, just little things like that. But it starts to, then it becomes more and more serious. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, I just need to be, I need to be a little bit more efficient. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, a, a, a friend of mine and I a long time ago invested in a, um, in a uh, apartment, a, con a con an apartment or a condominium down in New Orleans. Oh shit! And so that's one thing that I got into slowly over the years. It's been like fifteen years now. You know, we each had like ten grand, and we saved that's up cool. and we put in and we got a place. So then over the years, like you become like a, you know, a property manager, yeah. a landlord. Um, so you have real estate. You're well, in that so, world. So then I started to get into it a little bit, yeah. right? Like I started then, like over time, you know, uh, was able to sell sell and then get two places right mm. but then also it's like i've realized in that time like then i'll i'll become a landlord yeah. there are times when i'm a landlord where i'm seeking tenants there are times where now part of my you know week i have to deal with um you know like dealing with hoa issues yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff so it's yeah i've definitely learned some of it you know yeah. things like that that make you want to think like okay at first i'm like well maybe i'll buy an apartment building one day yeah but do you want the responsibility? That's another thing. Right? I think that's what they don't tell you is like, people they don't. go, oh, business is so cool, owning businesses. But like, they don't tell you all the bullshit you have to go through. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't, and if that's something, and I think that's a thing, you know, I think a lot of people feel, you know, we see videos like business videos online. Yeah. And some of them make me feel, it makes me feel inspired. But then sometimes I've, I can also feel like, oh man, I'm not doing enough, you know? That's true. Like I started too late. I did this. I yeah. did that. Um. But That's some people, it's, business is not for everybody. Yeah, 100%. And being like a man, like that kind of stuff, like, dude, the other night, like, I'm in an HOA call, right? I'm listening to, on a part of an HOA board, and dude, I'm sitting there for two hours listening while some guy who I think is probably an alcoholic, like, just berates <laughs> everyone else on the board, you know? Damn. But it's like, I have to be, I have to do that yeah. because I commit it, and it's just... Yes, more business gets created. So if you don't want to be a business person and you yeah. don't really like doing those sorts of things, yeah. then just don't feel bad about yourself if you, you know, see those types of videos and you're like, fuck, I'm not a business guy. Yeah. I mean that's that's how I that's why I like the Gary V dude, because he's he doesn't come off as like a lot of the other guys who Right. I mean, because you're in business, he does you seem know. More, yeah. You know, like who's a fraud and who isn't. Like, yeah. if someone's just trying to sell you a dream, yeah, and they're like, "You want to be on this fucking yacht with a bunch of girls <laughs> yeah. and shit?" 
It's yeah, like, and then they throw one of the girls off the yacht, yeah. and they're like, what What did Belinda do? Yeah. You know? I mean, you're better off trying to be an uh, entertainer, an artist. You get that shit for real, you yeah. know? Like, <laughs> know, yeah. and it doesn't cost that much. If you think about it, you can rent a yacht, you can get a yeah. bunch of girls. You want to kill your brother with a nice gun? <laughs> and then he just kills one of his brothers. Thankfully, the guy has like nine brothers, you know, but it's still like, but yeah, some of it's just delusional. Yeah. But then there are guys, and I did notice he seemed like, I, I just got to shake his hand and say, hey, we chatted for maybe six seconds. And it was, uh, he does seem authentic though. He seems authentic in his desire to like lead people yeah. um, into not getting stuck in a bad habit. Right. That's one thing I noticed. I mean, one thing I took away from um, what he preaches is like, you know, really give away the content. Don't try to sell everything all the time. Yeah. And then be honest with yourself. Like, like if if you want to make a million dollars, be honest about that. Don't fucking go around and say like, yeah, I want to help the world. I want to do this for charity or whatever. Then get in a charity. Right. You know what I mean? There's a lot of people out there that want to get into business and they think they're saving the world or they don't want to come off as greedy. Right. But they're not being honest with themselves. Ah, that's interesting. You know what I mean? And I was like, oh, that's that's totally right. Yeah. Um, that's super interesting, man. Yeah, because I think about that a lot. I think about like, you know, if uh, uh, as my career starts to get bigger, you know, and the potential to make more money. Yeah, and then, but then also how to not get caught in greed, and also how to feel like deserving of money that you make. Mm -hmm. Like those are some things that I even struggle with. You know, it's like, you know, like feeling like you deserve. Uh, because sometimes my brain won't see the hard work I put in. Yeah. My brain will just see this moment and my brain will be like, oh, you don't deserve this, even if I do, right? I know what you're talking about. It's like going on vacations and you can't really be on vacation because you feel like you didn't do enough and you don't deserve it. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that, do all business people go through that? I, I don't, don't know. know. But, um, I don't know what that is, man. Uh, here, uh, Nick just brought this up Imposter if syndrome. What's that? A psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being mm. exposed as a fraud. Mm. Do you do you fear that? Like like you you kind of might come off a certain way. No, I fear like um, I fear like I mean it's a constant struggle to. I mean I feel like I'm still learning a lot about who I am. Yeah, you know I feel like uh, I feel like a lot of like I try and be as authentic as I can. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's also hard yeah. to do sometimes like it's tough to know if your ego is running some of the even a moment or if your heart is like running the moment or um, I mean being your wor um, own worst critic is a good trait to have though right because you know you, you, you try to hold yourself accountable right and and I think more people actually need that you know what I mean <laughs> especially now with social media and everybody with these big ass fucking egos, like they have oh, no clue. Like Lil Tay, bro. <laughs> dude, I fucking can't stand Lil Tay, bro. You know what I'm saying? They say you can't be mad at children, dude. Fuck that, bro. You know what's sad? I was a child. <laughs> I know what it's like. I've already been in those trenches, dude. I did 18 years as a child. She's a little puppet for her brother. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, the that's brother sad, put her out man. to it. Yeah. I didn't know that. I thought she was just a crazy, you know, 17-year-old kid that looked real small and was no, doing that. No, she's like an eight-year-old child, man. Oh, yeah. And what, what ended up happening is her brother just really, uh, she, he, he was the puppeteer. And he, I mean, I don't know if she's at fault or whatnot, but she's a kid, man. And then 
I was just like, this is fucking crazy. When all that stuff came out, because in the very beginning, I was I was with you. I was like, this bitch is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't get it. Like, I got some of it. Yeah. Uh, the, but there just seemed, it seemed to be too fake. Yeah. And then uh, somebody, good name though, Lil Tay. Lil Tay, yeah. Someone leaked out like the the her brother coaching her. No, you got to say it like this. And she's oh. like, I don't want to. And you're like, No, oh. just do it. And I was like, Oh shit, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah. Man. And then her mom was in on it and everything. She got like, her mom is a big real estate person out in Canada, and she had her like like oh. luxury cars and houses to fake the funk and. I was like, that's fucked up. See, the world is coming to a weird-ass place, man. It's getting wild. There she is There's, right Yeah, now. there it is. Lil Tay's brother. Yeah. Do we want to hear that? Yeah, let's hear yeah, that. Yeah, check it out. Again, I don't wear the same shit. I literally wore that Gap jacket because that's the shit I be wearing to sleep, bitch. You think I'm going to be wearing a Gucci jump jumps? Do you think I'm going to be wearing... She doesn't even speak today? like... Nah. But bitch, since you want to say I only have a thousand dollars and I spent that all on my belts, look at this shit, okay? And then start flexing that, that, and start flexing that. Be like, bitch, this one, this one, two thousand, this one, three thousand, this hey, one, hey. two thousand, three hundred, bitch. You can't tell me shit. I got a hundred on my wrist. Okay. Wait, I say, um. Okay, Lil Tay got a hundred on her wrist. You can't tell me shit. Is that Lil Tay? Yeah, that's Lil Tay. It looks like Winona Ryder, a young Winona Ryder. Oh, here she is trying to do it. Yeah. And she doesn't even speak like that, you know, like how she portrays herself. She just talks like a little girl. You say that I keep wearing the same jacket. Bitch, this is the shit I wear to sleep. Okay. You expect me to wear a Gucci bandana, some Gucci? She sounds like every eight-year-old in most neighborhoods, though, I feel like. You say I wear this shit every day because... You say I literally recorded those videos wow. before I went to sleep. That's what I went to sleep, okay? Wow, okay, cool. Yeah. That's good. Um, yeah, so that, I mean, that's just what, you know, like, but I feel like you could see that. You yeah, could see yeah, through yeah. that when you're watching that, and you're like, there's no way this kid is, like, yeah. really, like, has this much. Like, money and. Yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah. Where, do they, where do they own? 700 lemonade stands like how would you ever even make that kind of money but we're also a lot older than you know the general youtube and instagram viewer right you know so if i was 13 and i saw that shit i thought i, I think it would be real or like wow you know I mean? oh like, that's interesting yeah. yeah like i wonder if i was a kid now and i saw that what i think it could be real and enough people must have yeah because um, there are videos of like you know, nephews of oil tycoons or whatever with their fucking hunting eagle and oh, like yeah. driving Lambos and stuff. Oh, so, yeah, you know, eating you're, human. Right, you're just There's like... a couple of British fuck? dudes eating human somewhere like in Sierra Leone or Damn. something. Damn. So that shit is Riding exotic, elephants bro. or By something. By candlelight, yeah. <laughs> you know, having a little bit of Perrier with some human, yeah. you know? Um, yeah, it's just... But I guess maybe, like you were saying, is that what we've come to? You know, like, is that what's going on that is just... It's all becoming a little bit to me like everything is like a WWE promo now. It's like, you know, we consume things in short clips and short in, in, in beats almost. A hundred percent, man. There's so much fraudulent bullshit that's going on. Like, there's a lot of fraudulent shit out hell there. Hell yeah. Man. But do you feel like people are starting to see more of the authenticity? I mean, even going back to the Gary Vee, like I did take away some things. I didn't feel like he was uh, – here's what I didn't feel like at the thing. Yeah. I didn't feel like he was trying to sell me anything. Yeah. Like I did buy a ticket to to go to the thing, right? But I didn't yeah. feel 
Like there was no like come and get in this line at the end and like pay for there was none of that. Oh yeah, you bought a ticket even though you were paid to perform. Yeah. Oh shit. But yeah, I just wanted to you know contribute to the vibe you know of it. Yeah. I think I did anyway. That's awesome, man. Yeah. I would have <laughs> never done that. Oh I'm really? Trying to get him for free, bro. <laughs> oh, damn, dude. Yeah, I'm the worst free person. That's I awesome, think, man. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So watched, but yeah, I mean, I definitely took some stuff away from it. I took away from it, like he said, things like. You know that the the mom and pop shop is not going to come back. Like you can't mm-hmm. romanticize a lot of business. Like, yeah, and we want to. And I and and when he said that, that hit me. You know, because I romanticize a lot of business. You know, I have this idea somewhere that lives in my head that you know the uh, that the mom you know the mom and pop shop is is going to make a comeback in you know small town America, but the numbers just aren't there to support it. Yeah, and he was saying like. You know, that the advertising now, it's, you know, putting an ad in a paper, that sort of thing. It just doesn't, it, it, it you have to go to your phone, you know, yeah. that everything is capable right there. Like right. the old door to door salesman and shaking hands, like a lot of that is, is gone. I think it's going to be a, a blend of the two. Cause I mean, you know, apps like Yelp helped out a lot of struggling mom and pop shops. You know, that hole in the wall restaurant that had really good oh, food. Yeah. But then no one really knew about it except for the locals. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like the internet gets a hold of it and boom, you know, they can survive. Yeah, now so. passerbys heading through town can look and see, oh, this place got people love this place. Yep. But then it's like the, these, uh, these, these subordinate um, like technologies are created to like fluff all of that. Like that's, that's true. the thing that gets really scary. Yeah. It's like how much of this is fluff? Right, right, you know? right. You know like bots leaving comments or whatever right yeah to, yeah like dan's tacos you think a dude named dan makes good tacos bro <laughs> i'm out right it has to be like hectares or something yeah bro <laughs> hectares bro you know dude yeah. i want to see a bunch of kids in the picture the first picture better have nine or eleven latino kids in it you know what i'm saying i want to <laughs> see people spraying horchata on each other like i want to see that party bro that's so true yeah dude i want to see somebody getting you know released from prison i want to see it all i want these tacos to have some fucking flavor Hell you know yeah i want to see that real shit bro Villaregosa. you're pretty entrepreneurial though a lot of people might just think you're an entertainer and a comedian but I think over time I'm starting to recognize like you have that because you're you have us we have a similar like thing in common is is we when we were kids we would always be hustling and trying to do things like you had your G pigs and yeah. hamsters that you yeah. were selling I would sell candy at school you would yeah man Joe Jitsu Ka yeah. with that fucking little backpack full of sprees huh I used to what sell you pogs selling? I used you to sell pogs yep. Now that seems dark into the Asian underworld, yeah. bro. Who was buying pogs? Just my classmates. Really? Did you ever get into pogs? That was like a pretty big thing in the nineties. Maybe it's a California thing. I think it's more. You did it, Nick? Oh yeah, I did. I, I had yeah. some pogs, some and, slammers. Hell yeah! And what was slammers, dude? Slammers, where I was from, where these gay guys, a lot of gay guys, would meet up. <laughs> not joking, dude. Would meet up behind the rest area. It was like a metal pog. It was like it was like a, and then you slam it on top of the pog. So the way you play is like. You know, you get five pogs, I get five or whatever. We stack it up mm-hmm. and then like we put it upside down and we slam them with the slammers and everything, anything that flips over, we get to keep. Oh, wow. Yeah. No, we didn't play any of that, dude. We used to play this game. Um, 
I mean, everybody had head lice by us, so that's like a constant <laughs> game. Have you, have you ever had head lice? No, no. Yeah, I think that's more of like a regional thing. We but... had like worms. Oh, you did? <laughs> oh, dude, if somebody got worms, dude, you would take them outside and burn them. No, we, um, you never had like worms that would crawl out of your butt and stuff from playing oh, in the sand and shit? No? Whoa, dude, we're about to go <laughs> going deep. Yeah. No, nah, man, tell me about this, dude. If somebody, Let me tell you this. Somebody had worms come out of their butt by us, dude? They're not allowed back at church. No, I, mean, I thought that was pretty common for us kids. Like, we go play in a sandbox and fucking Extremely go uncommon. afterwards or whatever. I remember, like, I, maybe this is an Asian thing, but we, my, my parents would remedy it by fucking pouring vinegar up my ass. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Dang, bro. <laughs> I was like, I thought everyone went through this shit. Uh-uh. How I don't even know what that's called, lights? dude. <laughs> I think that's how, I mean, that's freaking, I had to get dewormed, bro. (laughs) That's a rare vinaigrette you guys are making over there, bro. What else would they put in there? Anything else? No, it was just, I just, I I would just like, yeah, I would have vinegar. That's it. And how would they do it? Will one of them like hold your legs open? No, like my mom would be like, all right. (laughs) You know, know, like, like, you know, when you're a kid and they help you wipe your ass and shit, you just get in that position, right? So fuck booty in the air. And then they just pour out a cap of vinegar in my butt. Damn, dude. Yeah. Well, this sounds like some kind of rapper stuff, dude. This sounds like something you would like see. Like an on... initiation for a gang or something? Yeah, this sounds like something you would see on some old, uh, you know, some Lil Wayne shit. No, nah, that was this one of like the ways. That... Usher R. Kelly does to people. <laughs> this seems like how R. Kelly makes salad dressing. You know what's <laughs> fucked up, too? I probably could have just went to the doctor and got like a pill or something and then dewormed myself. And so they would just pour it in and that would kill them. Yeah. I, I mean, and I then you just pass the, the worms. <laughs> right? I mean, I would assume. I don't know, man. I, I was like in elementary school, probably like first or second grade or something. But did you think about just sitting around and having worms just like being inside of your body? I mean, you're basically a, a bait shop at that point. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I'm it saying? It freaked me out, though, because I remember I had an itchy-ass butt, and I kept telling my parents, Ooh. like, what's going on, man? My fucking butthole's been itching for ages. And they're like, what? Bro. Yeah. Making my making me G my C over here, dude. <laughs> grab my crotch. When people say itchy butt, all that stuff, I'm going to grab my crotch, bro. Because there's all the these, tingles. <laughs> it just makes me nervous, yeah. Yeah. I, I keep my butthole pretty clean, I feel like, overall, you know? I think there was a couple years where I wasn't really caring about it. Yeah. But as an adult, I've really... You know, I shine up my shell shop, you know? <laughs> how did you how did you deal with the head lice? What was that like? Oh, everybody had it. I mean, you would give it to your friend, you fucking sneak up and give it to a girl you like so that you could bring her that shampoo a couple days later. Well, you you would flake it on them? Like, you would give no, it to them? No, just sneak like... up behind them and just be near them long enough. Because, <laughs> bro, they had some rare strands where I was what? from. Oh, they had African-American head lice. They had all types. Basic white dude head lice. Damn. Bro, the African-American, they jump across the fucking room onto your head. Damn, they do a layup while they're doing <laughs> it. <laughs> all kind crazy, of shit. crazy, man. Other lice would be giving them, uh, like, uh, scores. Oh, shit. Seven. <laughs> Nine, you know, two of them will be jumping over That's each other crazy. when I'm sitting in chairs, when I'm ordering a pizza while they're in the air, all kind of stuff. <laughs> but yeah, headlights was popular where I was from. What other games, dude? They had this big dude. They had this big dude named Wayne Wayne. He was named Wayne two times first and middle name because his parents couldn't decide if they wanted to name it for his first name or his middle name, and so they fucking got in a fight about it. And then they both it. out Just of Wayne anger, Wayne. no, out of anger, oh, like, shit. oh, you're not gonna fucking let me name him Wayne, then I'm gonna fucking name him Wayne. And the other one's like, oh, you ain't going to fucking let me name him Wayne? Then I'm naming him Wayne. And he what? was Wayne, Wayne, yeah. That's hilarious. Wayne, Wayne, Because they're both dude. agreeing, like, 
It's already Wayne. Yeah, but they were disagree they, on how it's spelled or like no. <laughs> oh, okay, if, you know you've had to agree to disagree. This was disagree to disagree. To disagree. <laughs> and fucking now they got a double Wayne. Oh man, they got Wayne squared and ironically horrible at math, dude. This dude was un. This dude was severely uneducated, and he was in school. Dude. He was probably, bro. I remember him being forty or maybe even fifty years old, and probably. In eighth elementary grade. school. <laughs> Eighth or ninth grade. <laughs> oh, what the- and that's when they let you stay in, dude. Because I remember his hair started falling out in class at some Damn. point, and people started getting scared. Because people thought he got bit by something, and that's why his hair was falling out. But it was because of adulthood. You know, he'd, ma- he'd gone on deep into adulthood. Anyway, but <laughs> the thing was, yeah, people got lice by us. What else did people get, man? Man, for, for some reason, when you paint those pictures of, like, where you went to school and all that... I um I remember that Adam Sandler movie Waterboy. Oh yeah, on the ba- bayou and like yeah. The, and then I picture like your schoolhouse being like just made from two by fours and <laughs> just local TLC. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let me think. We had a dude. Uh, they had. Um, I remember this man used to give me a ride to school, and he uh, and he would roll up the windows, and he he thought I was he. He thought that I thought I was smart. You yeah. Know? He's like, oh, you think you're smart? Well, if I'd miss the bus, he'd give me a ride to school, and he'd blow cigarette smoke all in the fucking car. Well, this is elementary school. Yeah, or middle. This was middle oh, school. okay. Fifth grade, sixth grade. And then he would make me do my spelling words with smoke in the air. He's oh, like, my God. A real fucking boy could spell with smoke in the air. <laughs> That's you know? fucked up, He's man. like, how are you going to score 100 if there's a fire, you know? Damn. And I'm like, I don't fucking know, you know? But then I would try to spell, and it was hard, bro. That Marlboro Red cigarette smoke just hotboxed this car. And I'm sitting there trying to rattle through the word inconvenience. You think this guy was jealous of you going to school? I think he was jealous of something, (laughs) but I also think he was trying to parent me somehow, Mm. and he didn't have a lot of proper skills, you know? I see. But he figured if I could fill this car with enough smoke, and that boy can still spell. (laughs) That's kind of creative, though. Right. And if shit gets weird, he's going to be okay. Dude, I feel like having a kid with worms coming out of their butt seems like, uh, it almost seems like a buffet or something in in, in the Sudan, you know? Because a lot of those countries, they eat worms, you know? They'll eat- Really? Oh, yeah. They'll eat slugs and worms and larvae. And uh, I've even been to one of those places. Would you do it? Oh, I've I've eaten some of them. You've done it? Yeah, I've been to South Africa and eaten a bunch of- They get some big meal- No, no, no. Mealworms are the little ones. I think they get some big- was that, like a big-ass caterpillar or something? Yeah, it's something like that, Shit. boy. And that thing, you got to really gnaw on it. tastes like a Twix. I tried a silkworm before. Did you? Yeah, they eat that in Korea. Yeah. Yeah, but I... I... I mean, I didn't grow up eating silkworms and stuff. Well, you so could I'm shit not... silk if you fucking practice some of your old hobbies, dude. It seemed like <laughs> if you had a bunch of silkworms in your butt, dude, you could fucking, you know what I'm saying? Damn. Put together a sweater on the wall. I know. You know huh? what I'm saying? <laughs> People like, are like, like what are nice you doing, dude? You're like, oh, I'm just making Christmas gifts for everyone. <laughs> um, but no, let's talk more about entrepreneurism, man. I like this kind of, I like thinking about this kind of stuff. Uh did you think you would be, because is it in your culture or in your nature to be like a business person? Like, tell me it from a cultural standpoint. No, actually, well, um, my parents, they came to they came to the States. Mm-hmm. So they're from Japan. Right. But out there, they were. So you're Japanese. Yeah, I'm Japanese. Oh, nice, man. Hajime yeah, yeah. Do you speak Japanese? Yes. Oh, nice, man. Yeah. Do you? Nice. That's all I know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to have a conversation. No, that's no, all I know. No. So, um, so the funny thing is they came to the States because yeah. they wanted to pursue a life of music. Oh, really? They wanted to be rappers? Yeah, yeah, they wanted to be rappers. No, no. They wanted to be classical musicians. Like, my dad's an opera singer. My mom plays piano and oh, stuff wow. like that. Yeah, so I grew up 
not stereotypically Asian. You know, what did I mean? they come like, here with money? Did they come here with not much money, or what was it like? What were their? What was their? No, you see, um, they they grew up in in rich like households. Okay, but the reason why we went broke is because they were never taught how to deal with money, how to save money, how to be responsible with any of that. Shit. Oh, really? Yeah, and then in the eighties when they came in. Japan's economy was real good. So most of their music students were mm-hmm. kids of rich Japanese ex- executives and stuff like from Sony and you know Toyota and all them. Yeah. So that was booming in America Konami. back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. Yeah, so so during that time, you know, man, they were getting like 100, 200 dollars an hour for teaching piano, singing, all that shit. Right. They were was really highly revered. So you they had were a Japanese teacher, you were really I mean, so they were rolling in dough. Right. And then boom, a lot of the students start going back to Japan. They weren't doing things right. So they didn't know how to maintain that. And I remember the bill collectors keep calling in and like mm. they wanted to keep up with appearances, so they kept buying like nice shit. And I would I remember being a kid like Man, how come you pretend like you're being rich? Like, really? Like, yeah, I'm like, I was getting mad at them. Like, why are we buying new cars all the time? And yeah. Because you guys can't even buy me my Christmas present, but you yeah, got to like, look I a got, certain way. You know what yeah, I mean? you're like, I got fucking worms <laughs> in my know, butt, right? bro. And yeah. you guys are out here flexing. And I'm going to a school that's like, uh, like we live in a neighborhood that was like, like lower middle class or whatever, right? And I'm like, but the people that they hang out with were all... Do you know where Palos Verdes is? Yeah, like, yeah. Rich area, like that. So I'm like, why you, why you pretend like you're rich all the time? What I didn't know is that they, that's the world that they're used to. That's they just their... don't understand. Like they, when they first moved to the U.S., mm-hmm. they didn't know the concept of a ghetto. They didn't know what, like, cheap rent means dangerous. They didn't understand that. They didn't because it's safe as hell in Japan. Like, oh yeah, Japan is very safe. You been? Um, yeah, yeah, I have been. Yeah, I've yeah. been. Um, somewhere I don't but know. you don't got to worry about being robbed you don't have to and there's no there's no like just because something is cheap doesn't mean that it's dangerous yeah so we first moved into like um like inglewood <laughs> oh <laughs> like, really what? yeah so now so so because why because you don't uh, you don't think cheap dangerous you just think oh this is a good price that's what they thought right so then oh, like, that's interesting yeah, so, a yeah, lot so of times... i was born in that area and then and then and we would walk around like my grandma would took would take me on little walks and stuff and was it mostly black or latino or what was majority it? black and latino yeah, yeah majority black at the time and then like some guys were like doing a prank i guess and they threw bottles of water at her and then she freaked out and then our, uh, I guess our, our family doctor was like, why are you guys in that neighborhood? That's right. a rough neighborhood. And they're like, what? I, I thought it was just like little Africa. Yeah. Because they don't know anything about American history. They don't know right. how like there's all this difference in like. Class. Exactly. Yeah, they and a don't lot know. Of poor, oh, yeah. So a lot of the poor yeah. neighbor, the poorest neighborhoods were a lot of times black, especially in cities. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, so they, don't, they didn't know that it was dangerous or whatever. They didn't but know like, any of that stuff. It's just a little Africa. That's how that's, that's how they saw that's it. Great. They were like, oh, yeah, we live in little Africa, <laughs> you know? And, and so, um, you know, people were just telling them, you got you to gotta get out of there. So then we moved to a more like a little bit better than that. Um, it's a little city called Gardena. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's in the South Bay, and that's kind of where I grew up for most of my life, around like um, Latinos and Blacks. And what's yeah. it like growing up in California, man? I feel like growing up in California seems like everything seems to be. I don't know if it's there doesn't seem to be a strong sense of community. I don't feel like in the LA area, 
Like where I'm yeah, from, like it your depends town on where you're at. Like means a lot. Like your yeah. town means something and like your little neighborhood, like everything I don't know. It's like people are a lot more, it seems like, connected. Yeah. Um I, I don't know, like by core values. I don't know. Like it just seems California, I'm, I'm, every time I see a young person here or hear somebody grow up, I'm like, man, I couldn't imagine that. I'm not saying it's wrong or anything, but yeah, it just yeah. seems so wild to me, you know? A hundred percent. I know what you're talking about because just going out of state, going to small towns, like I see it, man. But they also, you, all, you, you probably have what, like generations of history in that area. Right. Right. So there's a lot of pride. and Right. And if you look at L.A. in general, like there's what, like two million people in the city and, and it's the city's constantly changing. You mean in the actual city? I think there's like 14 million in like. Is there. that? I thought it was. OK, damn, that's even well, what's bigger. What's the population of Los Angeles, Nick? In um, the or, greater L.A. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, yeah. Great. So you're talking about like the suburbs, not just downtown. Right. And, right. And right. Hollywood. Right. Oh, there so you it's, go. It's three point nine. That's still a, that's still a ton of people. Yeah. Right. That's like four million. Yeah. Right. But if you think about the history of L.A., mm-hmm. holy crap, 20 million? In the greater Los Angeles 18. area. 18.68 yeah. million. So also you're making a very bad Asian right now because it says Damn. exactly 18.68. I think he might have been extrapolating to 2018, and it's probably about 20 now. So I don't think we should doubt, doubt <laughs> okay. his math. Doubt. Good, good call. Yeah. What is extrapolating? You nailed it, man. I did kind of <laughs> did you? fluctuate for time and Oh, and like, damn, <laughs> fucking Joe can't even see that far. I still have about six feet from him. Um, I'm sorry, Joe. Um, 20 million people in greater Los Angeles area. Well, And Gardena is considered greater Los Angeles area. Yeah. So it's a suburb of the city. But I think a lot changes in LA. So yeah. just, I mean, in my grandparents' generation, like some cities didn't even exist. Right. So um, if, you, if you talk about like LA, it depends on what area too. Because you're around entertainment. Right. And what I noticed is a lot of uh, entertainment, like West Side, Hollywood, maybe yeah. the Valley, those cities are built by transplants. Right. And I was born that's and a raised. Good point. Yeah, I was born and raised here. So right. I have family that's been here since like early 1900s, right. you know, like so they have a lot of history here. Right. But their neighborhoods change too. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. Yeah. So it's like things change here so much that. Yeah, that would affect history. Like, yeah, a lot of where I'm from, a lot of the history is based on, okay, this building has been here for this long, or, yeah. you know, this family has lived in this exact place for this long, or um, there's a lot more small town lore because things don't change as much. Uh-huh. And when things don't change as much, it's going to be easier to have history Yep. because the history is more vis- – you can see the history. Yep. You can see that everything is a little bit of an artifact. Yeah. It's it's kind of like, you, you know, people say, oh, L.A., so – diverse and it's like nah really we're just a huge collection of different segregated cities that's what i feel like too yeah Yeah. i hate that sometimes when people like it's so diverse here and it's like i mean i know exactly like in my neighborhood it's like i feel you know kind of tertiary because it's mostly middle eastern right i feel secondary Mm -hmm. you know it's not like yeah i don't live i've never lived in a black neighborhood but i know that they have them you know, mm-hmm. yeah. like I don't even see any black neighbors in my, you know, in my, in the blocks by me. Are you I've in the never valley? seen a black person. I live in Westwood. I don't think I've ever oh. seen a black person, honestly. Yeah. By UCLA I have, but when I think about it, honestly thinking right now, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a black person in my neighborhood. Um, 
except for if I go over to like the AA meetings and stuff, then I'll see them. Yeah, because they come from different cities. Right, they yeah, come yeah. over to do to go to that. So yeah, you're right. It's like we claim diversity so much out here. There's this claim of diversity. Yeah, but you don't feel like it is that way. No, man. It's I think it's just the space. We got a lot of space here. Right. So I mean, like places like New York or San Francisco, you're kind of forced because there's not that much space, right? So right. It's it's hard to make your little different neighborhoods. Yeah. But out here, I mean, if you look at East LA, right? Well, the San Gabriel Valley. Yeah. And you, if you think about how many Asians there are from Monterey Park all the way down for like seven cities straight, mm-hmm. you have a population of 60% plus Asians. Shit. That's why hopefully I usually choose the other on ways. I choose to not <laughs> go through that area. Um <laughs> I'm just joking. That was kind of an old school bad joke. But um, yeah, Way should have like Way should factor that in a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, you know. Do you know the second largest population of Japanese people outside of Japan is in Brazil? Brazil. Yep. Yeah, it tripped me out too. I was like, dang, that's crazy. Yeah, it's like yeah, there's just things like there's pockets of yeah, you don't realize it. So yeah, I mean, I, it's so funny because when I think of Los Angeles culture. I think mostly of Latino culture, I think. Yeah. Do you or no? Or when you think about it in a general um, sense. I guess yeah. not. Maybe you grew up here. Yeah, I mean, it's it's I feel like you can't have LA without Mexicans. Yeah. You know? That's it's just a part of it. But at the same time, there's just so many different faces of LA. Yeah. Like Hollywood's its own thing. Right. You know? But I've been hearing and reading a lot of stuff from a lot of uh, influencers talking about like, oh, LA's full of fake people and this and that. And I'm like, nah, man, that's just your shitty circle of friends and, 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 and everyone trying to be entertainers. Yeah. Like the most of us, you know, real L.A. folks are totally different from that. Dude, it's so, man, I love hearing you say this because this takes me to something that I noticed when I went and did you guys' uh, show. And um, Joe is one of the creators or something of, Joe, of JK News. Just Kidding News. Just yeah. Kidding News, right? And they have a huge influence. And, and I've run across so many people now since being on there, and people will come and be like, ah, I saw you on JK News. That's cool. It's all the Asian kids, huh? It's, de- <laughs> it's definitely people that work in, like, uh, that are near computers. We'll just leave it there. Um, I'm like, let me check your butt for worms. Yeah. <laughs> That's Just in case. Let's make sure you're a real fan. <laughs> you can use some apple cider vinegar for that. <laughs> let me put a little bit of apple cider in your ass, you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Joe actually sent this cap full of apple cider vinegar for you. <laughs> um, but no, one thing I noticed was how much more like me in joking around that you guys were yeah. than the way that I feel like I'm allowed to be by the Hollywood community. Oh yeah. As opposed to being in your environment and what I'm just now realizing, oh, this is more of a Los Angeles community. Yeah. And that that in that place I can joke and be more like I can at home. Mm-hmm. Like the same place that I'm from. Yep. I can joke the exact same way and be myself really be of just a not have to just know that I'm coming from a good place and then still joke around. Yeah, a hundred percent, man. Whereas in Hollywood and some of these like types of shows <laughs> that are so produced and yep. so outrageous, I can't do that. Yeah. And that was the first thing I was like, holy shit. Like yeah. there's there's Asian people and Latinos that are and Mexican people that are joking about like uh fucking funny real shit. Yeah. They're not all offended by everything. Yeah, a hundred percent. That's why we we created that show, is cause it was like a way to really give the LA culture that isn't on screen. Yeah. You know, like Asians and Mexicans make a huge part of LA, but we're not represented in the media that way. Right. So when we created the show, it was like, yo, let me show you something that's real 
and let me give you guys a voice of <laughs> what we represent. And I think a lot of people needed that. They're just like, oh shit, you know, this exists. Dude, I needed that so much. We're sitting there, we're talking about something. Yeah. And you guys are like, this guy's a fucking retard or something, you know? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, we don't mean the guys actually, we're not making, we're, or, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing 100%. I don't yeah, remember yeah. what we're talking about. But we say that all the time. But, but you it guys doesn't mean... joke around. No, yeah, we do. <laughs> and people know your hearts are in a good place and that yeah. you're just joking. Yeah, because we're just trying to get to the bottom of the truth. And, you know, like, we're trying to get that bedroom, I mean, living room friend talk out yes. into the open. Yes. You know, and, and, and there's so much fake shit going around oh, yeah. online anyway, so why hold back? Why be afraid? Like, I think people people want to hear it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. No, no, dude. I love exactly what you're saying, man. And it's so funny. I was just talking this week on, uh, on the regular episode of the podcast about, like, you know, trying to make sure that if, if and as, um, you know, the podcast has grown, my podcast, you know, has grown to just check in and see what's going on with my own authenticity, you know, mm -hmm. and not get too caught up in like, okay, trying to make, you know, you know, put out certain stuff or like just making sure that we're appeasing a, a bigger audience, but also just trying to stay true to like, yeah, the things I'm, uh, yeah. that I think about and also the things that I'm afraid of. Yeah. That's like, true. dude, it's like, this is probably the longest conversation I've ever had with a Japanese person. <laughs> You know? Well, I mean, that's not your fault. I mean, you grew right. up in the South. And yeah. You know what the funny thing is, man? So, like, um, I actually, there's a part of me that that kind of fantasizes and, and romanticizes living in the bayou. Mm. Like, like, there was one, oh, so no funny. shit, you know what I mean? Could you even, Can you imagine me living oh, so with overalls and just... Because <laughs> I love nature, right? Yeah. Like, they, they always say people want what they can't have. Yeah. Right? And I wanted to have a crawfish farm. Right. Because I love eating crawfish. Oh, yeah. I love fishing. Yeah. And I just, I love lazy rivers. I just like sitting on an <laughs> inner tube and going down a lazy river. Dude, you should go to <laughs> Vietnam. Maybe at heart you're Vietnamese. Maybe. You know what the funny thing is? So my girlfriend, Jess, she's from Texas, right? And then she, when she got with me, she's like, man, I wanted to get with a LA Asian guy, but I ended up getting a redneck and that's not what I wanted. And I'm like... <laughs> Same for her, you know, I didn't, I wanted this, you know, good Texas white girl, but I ended up getting a very critical Asian woman <laughs> who criticizes my every step. So we both, it's like, damn, man, we didn't get what we wanted. But. Yeah, but we got each other. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny, man. Dude, it's so, man, this is so cool. Okay, I want to interrupt our interview with Joe to let you know about the simple messaging, reviews, and insights for local business. I'm talking about Podium. Podium uses the convenience of text messaging to become the obvious choice online. No more hold music, phone tag, or piling up of voicemails. 90% of consumers prefer messaging, and 99% of texts get opened. We know that texts, we always see them. So finally, Podium has found a way to take business into your SMS. It's convenient for customers and it's flexible for you. Everything from scheduling appointments to closing the deal is as easy as sending a quick text. It's great for auto shops, medical offices, large transaction retailers, furniture, jewelry, etc., home services, and professional services. Conversations that start with convenience end in more sales and texting is con as convenient as it gets and podium is how you're going to do it 
Go to podium.com slash TPW to get 10% off your monthly subscription. Meet your customers where their screens are. Go to podium.com slash TPW to get started and save 10%. This past weekend is supported by HelloFresh. I started using HelloFresh again and it's been great. I forgot about how nice it is to like have the ingredients. You can have your lady over, your man, or someone you just met off the internet. It doesn't even matter. Look, you can learn a lot about somebody by making a recipe together. See if they're nice, see if they're friendly, see if they're dangerous, and maybe you should call the cops. HelloFresh, it's the meal kit delivery service that shops, plans, and delivers your favorite recipes and pre-measured ingredients so you can just cook, eat, and enjoy. And I knew you hear the cook, you hear the cook part and you think that sounds like it's going to be hectic. It's not. And it's fun. If you got children or anybody small that you like to hang out with, they might love HelloFresh and you're going to love doing it together. There's three plans to choose from. Classic, veggie, and family. Each box is made up of fresh, responsibly obtained ingredients from carefully selected farms and high-rated trusted sources. Hey, where'd you get those yams from? A trusted source. Simple recipes with pictured step-by-step instruction cards. Recipes take about 30 minutes. Get delicious filling meals delivered right to your door every week for less than $10 per serving and free shipping. And now, for $20 off your first three boxes, that's a total of $60 off, visit HelloFresh.com slash Theo60 and enter promo code Theo60. That's HelloFresh.com slash T-H-E-O-6-0 and use code T-H-E-O-6-0 for a total of $60 off. It's just so cool hearing you like make me think about some of this stuff because, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like this now I see a little bit more like man this yeah like we're not against Hollywood but right. we we both have a similarity of feeling like fuck this doesn't even represent my sense of humor like no. where can I even find my represent my sense of humor anymore yeah. you had to go make it and I had to come and fucking be like holy shit yeah my sense of humor is so afraid yeah because I'm trying to work in Hollywood yeah. that I I can't these guys are fucking they're do really doing the jokes that I want to be telling just fearlessly talking you know yeah. and knowing you're coming from a good place but then still able to joke around that's how it used to be right I think it's a little bit more dangerous though for white males right now right so i think maybe in the past it was a little bit different i mean just just three years ago i remember watching your stand-up set 2015 yeah on um it was up on netflix after yeah. you came on the show yeah they were like um everyone was like go watch theo stuff it's good yeah so i watched it and i was like oh shit you know this is this is a lot edgier theo than than, than yeah now yeah but no one I can't even do that on JK News. Even we had to scale back. Right. Some of our word choices, our gay jokes, whatever. Like people yeah. are, it's just a sensitive time right now, man. I, and, and I'm having a hard time adjusting because like you said, even if we're coming from a good place, it, it outrages a lot of people. Right. You know, we recently did this one article about a dude that got raped by this hot lady. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> yeah. And then, but I was... It's hard not to joke. Like every guy fantasizes that. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, dude, and, I have and, been, yeah. And I got hated for because they're like, you're not taking rape seriously. And I'm like, I can't. She's so fucking fine. I wish yeah. I was raped by her too. But That's hilarious, Yeah, dude. but I just, I just, I can't joke like that anymore because it hurts a lot of people. And then I had to kind of take a step back and go, you know, do I want to be like the old guy that goes, back in my day, we were able to say those jokes. I think you do, though. You know what I mean? I yeah. think you do want to be that guy. Like, in a way, you know, like, yeah. I'm not going against what you're saying here. Like, it's making me think, like, you know, like, I hear what you're saying. Like, oh, you're not taking rape seriously. But it's like, I would take a, uh, yes, if some man, somebody broke into somebody's house and <laughs> fucking raped them. Yeah. I take that extremely seriously. Right. right? Like, um, if, but I, it's so funny, I'm just listening to a book right now This by Dr., um, I think the guy's name is Michael Gardner. It's called um, Out of the Shadows. And it's um it's all about uh sexual addiction and that and those sorts of behaviors and they they're talking about this exact occurrence mm. and it it's a it, and he was saying in this book that if a fourteen year old or fifteen year old boy mm-hmm. hooks up with like a fifty year old forty year old woman a fi- a beautiful thir- whatever mm-hmm. thirty they see that as a score in yeah. their book they may later on at, in life see that as like a sexual abuse or something yeah. but if a, a, a seemingly normal you know, um, can you look that up, Nick? Do you find it? It's out, Michael Gardner, Out of the Shadows? Yeah, is that it? I you see it? I think so. I think it's called Out of the Shadows. It's a book. Um, but but anyway, he was saying that the kids see that as a score. They see that. Yep. And I think to myself, I'm 15, because yep. that's where your frame of reference is coming from. Yeah. When you were 15 exactly. or 16. Like now, as an adult, I know, I, I, I feel like I don't even have to say that that's wrong. Right. Duh, it's wrong, you know, kids being taken advantage of. But then why can't we play with the idea of how funny it is? Yeah. Because that's, that's a dream come true for like a lot of fifteen year olds. Yeah, Dr. Patrick Carnes. I'm sorry so what's I had this it wrong. That's it out of the sexual, shadows. Oh. Understanding sexual addiction. But it just it's not really as much about sexual it's about sexual addiction, but it's also just about how we behave sexually and how we yeah. view things and mm. how um different patterns in our lives and stuff like that. That's some deep shit, Theo. I didn't know you were into like reading textbooks like that. Oh dude, that book is fascinating bro nice dude it's fascinating how um like our behaviors and what we do like even in like cyber sex and like yeah how pornography affects like you know how we <laughs> how it affects us and like yeah you know um and just how things become compulsive so where they're not just for fun anymore yeah. you know and you're doing something like you know like hell i won't even jerk i won't even start my car until i've jerked off you know oh that's like, true that's kind of like when you know a lot of us just can't go to sleep until we fucking beat it yeah you know that's crazy yeah, though, really that's true because then over time it's like you're not be you at one time you were like i can't wait to get home to fuck this imaginary girl in my room you know <laughs> and that was healthy yeah you know that's like true. oh man this bad little vixen's gonna get it you know this invisible 37 year old cafeteria this- <laughs> worker with nice tits because that's who that's who you fantasized about because that's, that's the only person you knew <laughs> the only woman i saw every day was fucking miss belinda you know and her face would just fly by with this scoop of fucking steaming tots right in front of her face dude or that sears catalog yeah <laughs> or that and i remember one year she lost a couple pounds bro she lost probably only like nine pounds <laughs> and it probably wasn't even a diet she just had the flu damn but i remember one day seeing that steaming scoop come up towards my face and being like man i'd like to honestly bust all over that lady's front you know maybe that's why our imagination is so good we we, we had to work with something you know yeah you imagine- shape it yeah, your imagination had to come home and ima- yeah. you know, figure yeah. it out. Dude, I remember my mom being like, did somebody draw circles on all your pillows? And I'm like, those are tits. 
have some respect for the tits I drew. <laughs> but yeah, we had to imagine Damn. it. But now it's like, yeah, like you're saying, for me, it got to be a habit where I had to jerk off yeah. before bed. And then it was just a bad, then it's a habit. That's true. Like my brain isn't able to have like that influence, that manly influence inside of me while it rests at night yeah. and it, it becomes a, a compulsive behavior. But that's what a lot of that book was about. But so, so people got offended that you joked about a 14-year-old or whatever hooking up with an older woman. Yeah, I mean, and it happens all the time. Like there was this one article where there was this hot teacher that would like do it with her students. Oh, yeah. Her high school students oh, were about yeah. 15 to 17. And I'm like thinking... Mm, if I was at that age, I t that would be like a movie, like a yeah. dream come true. Yeah, that would be like Rudy. Right. You'd be like the Japanese Rudy Rudiger. <laughs> the guy who like comes into and gets into the good school, and then finally for one day, the smoking hot white teacher yeah. that's only been banging the other students, yeah. the other white boys in the class, <laughs> finally lets you run out there onto her field. And it's like, damn, I made it, you know? Rudy, yeah. Rudy, Rudy. That, that basically... And you sack her one time. <laughs> exactly. And she keeps inviting me for extra yeah. credit or whatever. <laughs> I do, yeah. And but, then you go back to working at the mill, you know, yeah. the Japanese uh, silk it's mill. It's like forbidden, forbidden love, you know? Yeah. yeah. And you're just spraying silk out of your butt at the factory <laughs> for the rest of your life. It's like Asian roots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I was like, yeah, so, so we could laugh about this. We could joke about it, right? But a lot of... You know, I thought I thought our fans would be cool with it because they are cool with a lot of crazy shit that we yeah. say. I felt like it was very cool over there. Right. Now, do you think there's a legion of people that are just want to not be cool with stuff? Because that seems to be a, it could be, a but... persona these days. It's like, oh, somebody who's just unhappy and doesn't like winners, doesn't like it when people are doing well. That's true. I mean, there's that too. But um, when it's a majority of the comments, oh, wow. I can kind of tell. Oh, there you go. That's yeah, fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all in execution, too. I think sometimes we forget the fact that, you know, sometimes we have to put it out there and say, hey, I think this is wrong, but joke about it. Because I think you do that really well. Yeah. Like, um, when you had your bit about 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 the uh, the special kid. Yeah. And I was like, dude, that's hilarious because, man, it's hard to go there. Yeah. And it's like, how do you make fun of that? But then you did it in a way where where we were laughing together. Instead of laughing at the special kid. Yeah. So I was like, dang, that's cool. Yeah, that was my friend. I mean, it's tough because it's like, so am I not allowed to talk about somebody that has Down syndrome because they, like, so then it's almost like I have to exclude them from my life. And I think that's even worse. I agree. Because you're not humanizing them anymore. You're like making them so sacred and special that like you can't make fun of them. Right. But, or you can't yeah. even include them without exactly. fear of making fun of them. So yeah. then it's like, oh, there's a person with Down syndrome. I'm not even going to talk to them because if I do, someone's going to take a picture or someone's going to yeah. say something or someone's going to, you know, if I shake their hand the wrong way, I'll give them a hug or right. or something that, that, that then people are going to blow that out of proportion just to, yeah, it makes it be like, yeah, let's make them like a boodle. I can mm -hmm. go near them, but I can't interact. You yeah, know? yeah. I, I think that's what it is. But I mean, I don't know, man. I grew up around like... My mom's a roaster. She's yeah. a roasteroni, man. She loves roasting people. That's so funny, bro. dude. She she'll call out. <laughs> this is so crazy. So I was bro. in Japan, right? And then so my my grandma's at a uh, retire like she's at this Alzheimer home, like just just what do you call it? Damn right, you better like, stay in there. You better <laughs> damn stay in there, Judy. And, and one of these uh, nurses, like he 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 looks like a big like sumo wrestler right and then and then so um i was babysitting my friend's kid at the time we went to go see my grandma and then he wanted to impress um 
um, the kid and he was like, hey, hey, remember me. I'm a ninja. I'm a warrior. And my mom's like, shut up, fool. You're fat as hell. You're a sumo wrestler. <laughs> and we were dying. Like everyone was dying. And then she just went in on him. Damn and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, that's, that's what life should be. Like yeah. just roast each other. Have fun. You know, like don't take it too serious. Yeah. You know, and he was laughing too, but. I don't know if it's a cultural thing. Like, you just roast each other all day. I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like people are really sensitive. Yeah. yeah. I feel like it's, I mean, and you may have a rare mom. Like, some. sometimes you just get that mom that's, <laughs> that's just true. wilding out, you know? Yeah. And she's having fun. Is that like a regular Japanese cultural thing at all? Or that's just like, your mom is also a rare element? I feel like culturally, it doesn't sound as harsh as it is in English. Mm. So it sounds cute and endearing. Ah. So the words sound like playground talk yeah. but the things that they're saying it's it, if you said it here it's mean like like outside of even just japanese culture right it, it's n like talking about weight isn't a big deal like you'll go to family gatherings and then people whether you're filipino or chinese or whatever you're some aunt is gonna make a comment about you being too fat or too skinny right and that's just it's just the way that they talk and joke around yeah but out here, you know, it's kind of touchy. You don't say things like that. You don't get too personal. But over there, there's no such thing as, like, personal. Right. People say whatever the hell they want. Well, it's yeah. like we started to look, we started to put property, you know, one of the things that where we switched from being tribal to being um, untribal and really started claiming possession was when we made property. Like mm. property lines, yeah. Like when a guy said, "Okay, we're not we're not a group anymore. This is my property line." Mm. And then another guy did that, and he's like, "Okay, well then this is my property." Yeah. And then a guy's like, "Okay, well this is my wife." Like you know, things weren't communal anymore. Yeah. You know, and who's that book that uh, everybody reads that was on Rogan? The guy Tribe? No, what is it called? Um, oh, that that sounds familiar, man. It was about st um, Sebastian Younger. Yes. Was it about marriage? Tribe. That's the book, right? And so this is a lot about, and this talks about this book by Sebastian Younger, and uh, it talks about when things went from being communal, where mm -hmm. we all worked as, you know, like when people would move in a tribe, mm -hmm. it was like sometimes you would fall in love with the woman across the tribe, mm -hmm. but that was okay, and there were different kids in the tribe, but at, the whole tribe took care of everyone's kids. I heard about that. And very, yeah. and you were communal, and sometimes you might have went for two years and been in love with one woman, and yeah. then you switched to someone else, and, and she found another maid in the tribe. Yeah. And, but but it, it was, was cool. And it was cool. Mm -hmm. It was very communal, and you can almost feel that in our cyst. I feel like if I think about that, when I think deep down in my soul, that yeah. seems like... I could do that well, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For because sure. I would, my feelings would be hurt sometimes, but also I would have feelings of love, and no matter what feelings I was having, I would always have my tribe to take. That would always, I'm included, no matter what. Like that was the thing yeah. about a tribe. No matter if you were the one whose heart was being broken, or you lost a child, or something, you always had your group. You know, you always had your tribe. That's one of the goals that I want to have with my crew is we want to have a cul-de-sac of just all of us living together. Mm -hmm. And we would help each other like in a village way mm. where like we'll take care of each other's kids and all that stuff. Yeah. I think it's that same book, but um, I was watching this documentary about like the, the idea of love mm -hmm. in, in the sense that we know today is just very new like to our society as yeah. human beings. We didn't, we didn't know it that way. Romantic love with just one partner for yeah. the rest of our lives is a brand new concept. Mm. Like um, – and, and it might be that book or it might be something else. But don't quote me on this. But I, I know a specific thing that I learned about it is there was one Native American group that, like, 
the rule was if you have sex with a woman that's pregnant, then any man that has sex with her during her pregnancy becomes the father of the child. Oh, wow. So then the kid could come out with like 10 daddies. This might have been Sex at Dawn, that Chris Ryan book. It sounds like it's part of that. Um, or it could have been this. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. But yeah, she. But it was a good thing for her because, you know, when the kid comes out, then there'll be 10 daddies. Right. And then all the 10 daddies couldn't like teach the kid how to hunt, how to... You know how to jump like d- yeah. different dads would have different skills. Yeah, yeah. And the the love is there for everyone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. And then and then awesome. the responsibility was if there's a kid crying and the closest adult is is kind of responsible of picking up that kid yeah. and just like helping the kid out. So there was more of a community, and I think it's they, there's just a spread r- responsibility. Mm. So I'm like, dang, that's really cool. Yeah, I love that. And I think yeah, that's yeah. one thing you get in like a neighborhood, you yep. know, or you get like in, in a small town. Yeah, or... in a small town. Like I remember feeling definitely a lot more sense of, you know, yeah, there were only so many kids on our street. So yeah. all of the parents, you know, everybody kind of knew that, you know, nine or 11 kids on our street are in a certain, you know, area or something. Um, Did you grow up in a big family? Do you have a lot of brothers and sisters? I've got and... three brothers and sisters, but outside of that, that was it. Yeah. You know, both my parents, uh, my father wasn't an only child, but all of his siblings died. And then my mother was an only child. So we yeah. didn't have a big family. It's growing now um, with my sisters. That's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's almost like we're pioneers in our family. And we also, my father, my father was 70 when I was born. He was an old man, right? <laughs> Damn. And so he had a family from a first marriage. And they, I mean, one of them, like they, uh, like they were like extremely well off. Yeah. You know, and then we had, we just, we were not, you know, mm-hmm. and so it's always this crazy because they owned like things all over the city and like huge theaters and like neighborhoods and like there was, it was just crazy that like, you know, my dad had had this whole other family. Yeah. So your dad was like big man in town, but you guys, you got this, you saw all the success, but you didn't get a piece of that. Right. We didn't get a piece of that. Well, he yeah. gave that away to his kids or before he had us. Yeah. But once he had our family, his kids disowned him. Oh, from what I understood. Yeah, yeah. Were you like the secret family? A little bit, but Dang. then, I mean, he, he didn't, I don't think he cheated on his wife with my mom, mm. but I think it, we were like this separate family. And at that point, like we never interacted with his kids. Like I never saw his kids from his first marriage until I was at the, I was at the funeral and then wow. that's the first time I ever saw them. That's crazy. Um, Do you consider them your siblings though? No. No, there's just... Yeah, they've never ever reached out. I mean, wow. I know my family's made some, my siblings made some efforts to reach out. Yeah, I don't yeah, think that yeah. they have any interest, you know. Damn. Um, and the saddest, the loss of, the biggest loss of that is just that we don't get to share whatever elements that they know and whatever elements we know about yeah. our dad, you know. So it's almost like he would be more of a complete person in our hearts if we got together to share that. Damn. But for some reason... Um, you know, I don't think that seems like uh, that's not an interest of theirs. You it's kind of like a Louisiana Game of Thrones kind of a little bit. Bro. You know, <laughs> it's like <laughs> yeah, like everybody's fucking related. It's like, it's like nobody wants to share the photos. Yeah, yeah, and it's like everybody's gotta. Do you want to be friends? Do you not? Do you yeah. want to continue the family? Do you want to team up? Because man, that's that's pretty crazy. Genetic war. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of crazy when people start hiding their semen in the other room. Like you ain't getting yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. Yeah, you want to make a baby? You better fucking find something. You know what's a trip is? Um, so my girlfriend's got a little brother, and mm-hmm. she always thought he was her half brother mm-hmm. until he took the twenty three and me. And her mom, her mom's it always turns out what he's Muggsy Bugs. No, she, uh, it turns out she, he's a full brother. Oh, really? But this whole time. 
Her so dad was like, I don't believe the the you know that he's my full son. Mm. So so the thing is, um, she her mom ran away to Ohio from Texas with with the two kids, mm -hmm. or or she had the, her little brother there, and then she got into a real bad place, got in with the wrong, wrong crowd, her mom, and then she lost custody. So in Ohio, yeah, she yeah. lost custody. She I think she got into drugs and shit. Oh, like that can that. happen she in got, Ohio, dude. Yeah, yeah. So then, when that happened, um, her dad's family, my, my girlfriend's dad's family, mm -hmm. they got a hold of my girl Jess and brought her back to Texas, mm -hmm. but not the little brother. Oh, really? So they grew up separately. They still talked and stuff like that. And then, and then, and then, you know, her mom kept saying, "Yeah, that's 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 her that's his son," but then no one really believed it because of how crazy she was. Yeah. And then when they took the 23andMe test, it was like, oh, by the way, you're related to these people on her dad's side. And bam, it was like, oh, shit, he was my full son. So mm. then they all decided to kind of meet in Texas and all that. And I was there to see everything unfold. And I was like, this is crazy. Damn, dude. Yeah. That must have been a lot, huh? It's a but, lot for her. Man, I mean, like, I was like, isn't that kind of cool, though, that you find out that he's your full brother, not your half? And then she's like, yeah, it feels like we're closer, just yeah. even though we've been the same. Oh, yeah. Just to, just to know. Yeah, yeah man. man. I was like, damn, that's crazy. I was just like. Family's wild. Yeah. <laughs> Watching it all unfold, man. I was like there with the popcorn, just wow. <laughs> what is something, um. Do Japanese people like white people or not? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you know, there was bad times in World War II, but I feel like... And who did it in World War II? Let's be honest. <laughs> I don't know. You see, you know what the weird thing is? I have family on both sides. Yeah. So my, you know, my uncle saw Pearl Harbor happen wow. in, in Hawaii. He was a little watercress farmer boy mm -hmm. and he saw the planes drop and that's what made him join the American slinging army. Slinging out there, slinging crest, <laughs> boy. Little, yeah, yeah. And, and on my... Really? That made him join the American army? Yeah, because he was like, they don't think we're American, so I'm going to do the most American thing possible wow. and join the army. And that's what a lot of Japanese did during that time that lived in America, because I don't know if you know about the whole internment camps and stuff, but a lot of Japanese people on the West Coast mm -hmm. were sent away to camps because they weren't trusted. Wow. And then during that time... And were y'all untrustworthy or not? No, man. They were super trustworthy. I, I mean, they, I would would, they would send World War I Japanese veterans into the camps too. And wow. it's like, I already fought for this country, bro. What the hell? Yeah. Dang. But a lot of them were like, you know what? Maybe we weren't American enough. So they wanted to prove their love for America. Yeah. And so they did the most American thing they could think of. And they joined the, the military. Yep. And then, um, wow. It's actually the most decorated unit in, the, in U.S. history. It's called the 442nd unit. That's amazing. And man. they have the most Purple Hearts, the most everything. It's like, whatever we do, man, we got to get an A+. Plus, you know what I mean? Of course. <laughs> um, and did you guys, but, did they have, a, is there a film or documentary about that? Yeah, there's a few things out there, but um, I think one of the reasons why there's so much like separation or what it looks like is because a lot of these things aren't taught in school. Yeah. So no yeah, one never knows. never knew that. Yeah, no one knows our contribution to the U.S. No one yeah, and we're always looked upon as foreigners and stuff like that, right? Yeah. So I have a lot of like, you know, family members that have been here for like three, four generations and stuff. Wow. I, especially in California, man, you know, Japanese and Chinese have been coming here since the 1800s. Oh, yeah. You know? 
And it's, and if you go even further back, Hawaii before even was a part of U.S. Well, everybody goes to Hawaii, right? But it's nice. <laughs> but yeah, they were they were out there for a long ass time. Wow. And then so on my on my mom's side though, we have um, there was a lot of uh, uh, military officers on the Jap- Jap- Japan end. Dude, that's cool, so, man. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting is and how we get some of those ideas. So I think about how I get some of those ideas growing up and not thinking. Of, ja- of someone that is Japanese yeah. or someone that looks like you. And in my first thought, I wouldn't know. I think I probably, I don't know if I would go. People Do people go Latino as well? Do they say a mix with you? What do they say? I don't know. I or mean, people guess. If they've been around, I think Asians, they can tell. Oh, yeah. I mean, we can't even tell each other apart, too. Oh, really? No, no, no. We can't do it. Oh, my God. No, no. That's a myth. Y'all got to make that announcement. Yeah, dude. yeah, that's a myth. Because we think always you guys have like some insider trading there going on with it all. It's it's like you. We know. could tell if they're from Asia because they'll dress a certain way and they'll speak the language. Filipino is easy to guess. Kind of. Yeah. I mean, if I hear what they're, if I hear the language, I could tell what they're speaking. Yeah. 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 But sometimes a Laotian will sneak in, and you'd be like, mm, Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the Laotians are very sly. Yeah. Back in the day, I couldn't tell the difference between. A Vietnamese mm-hmm. and a Chinese. Wow. It sounded the same to me. I could see that Vietnamese for me would look like they have a little bit darker skin. Yeah, yep, yep. Do you know? But there are some real light skinned Vietnamese too because oh, really? they're mixed with Chinese. See, man, it's all it's all crazy, dude. Some there's like Rodriguez. Yeah, there's a lot of that going on. Dude, that's wild, man. But yeah, yeah man. Well, so we didn't have so we just didn't have anybody mm-hmm. that was like that. Yeah. We didn't have so of course, and also on television. You didn't see any characters like that. Yeah. You oh, they, how was that little magic guy on that boat? Little fucking juggling yeah. Daniel, whatever that guy's name was. Or we're always like some foreigner. Yeah. Or some some exchange student. Yes. Or like a liquor store owner or something. But, you know, I mean, I don't really, I can't say I blame the media because if you think about the brave Asians, right? The ones that move into the rest of America, right. they are the foreigners. Right. They're the ones like that set up a nail salon in the middle of, the midwest or something right because it's oversaturated out here in la and you know communities out here that's been here for about a hundred years plus they kind of stick to their own like they don't they're not out there making a ton of noise yeah that's that's the difference so i think we're we're kind of like the quiet americans like we've been around for a long time but people aren't sure what to make of us you know right yeah no i kind of i mean i think yeah, I mean, I wish that I was. I wish that where I was from was like more of a quiet Americans. I think a lot of it is. I think sometimes the media just does a lot of things, the news, and says that these places are being loud and these places yeah. are being like this, and they're really not. You know, it's like <clears throat> I think it's really interesting that when you say that. You know, so now, do you get upset if you guys like say you guys? You know, there's a group of someone um, from Japan or an Asian mm-hmm. person that goes into a smaller town in the Midwest and opens up, like you said. Uh, businesses that are pretty like in new orleans there's a lot of vietnamese fishing people like in that industry there's a lot of um people in the service industry right like uh um i have some friends that are wedding planners they're like but but do you get upset if if there's a sitcom or a joke where they joke about an asian nail shop you guys don't get upset though do you well i mean there are people that might i personally don't i don't care I mean, because I, I don't think that they represent who I am, but right. there's a lot of people out there that do. I see. And these are, I think majority of them is because, like, they might be the only Asian kid in their neighborhood. Right. And then their friends see that and think that that's who they are. I see. 
But I mean, you're in LA, and, yeah. and you have access to a lot of us, right? So you know that there's a huge range. Yeah. But that's almost as if, like, let's say someone, let's say you're the only white guy in Japan, right? Right. And let's say somebody from Russia comes and does something, and then they look at you, and then you're like, "Yo, we're not the same." Right. I'm an American white guy, and that's that's a Russian guy. Yeah. That's the same thing. Oh, I see. So there's. Oh a, wow, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it's a totally different, you know, from north to south. I mean, Asia is a huge, huge plot of land. Yeah. And part so, of it is, you're right, they just don't teach us enough about it. Yeah. I mean, the first time that I heard about the four, four, 42nd, did you say it was? Four, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just you right now, you know, telling me that. Oh, wow. And so it's like, you know, it just gives me a little bit of a different idea now when I think about the military. Yeah. Because all I ever thought was, you know, when I was a kid is G.I. Joe. Mm -hmm. You know, you see on there, um, you know, and he's white. Mm -hmm. Or he was white, and you know everybody in there was. Well, they had a little bit of diversity, but it was you know you don't even know what colors they were using. Yeah. It was very vague. It was like mostly white guys and like a purple guy that was supposed to be everybody else, yeah. kind of like a light, kind of a mauve or something. And I think that's when I mean, going back to Hollywood or just mainstream media and all that stuff. I think they had a chokehold on the information for so damn long. Yes, that we. We never were able to have this conversation like a like a Japanese dude from California and a white guy from Louisiana, you know, like they controlled how our images were. Yeah. And I grew up thinking white people from the South were automatically just racist and ignorant and yeah. all that stuff until I started traveling and meeting people. And I'm like, man, you guys are like the nicest people on earth, man. Way nicer than Cali California people, you know, yeah. like. And it changes my perspective, and I think that's what the internet is doing now. Is like, it's making this possible, right? And and I think I like I like what's going on now because it's like all these possibilities where our grandparents never had the chance to do. Everybody had to do it through the news or through the mainstream uh, media. That was and the talk only shows. way. That was the only way, man. Or in a small little community setting, but I mean, traveling miles apart and meeting together, becoming friends, having fans that are like, you know, did you ever think you would have Asian fans no. from California, right? Never. And then I have fans that are just like 50-year-old Midwest moms and stuff. Yeah. And I'm just, this is crazy, but this <laughs> is cool because we're figuring out that we're more alike than different. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, as you're saying some of this stuff, man, yeah, I'm thinking back to like suddenly when you're talking, I'm feeling like being a kid and like, yeah, like, I mean, I grew up in an environment where we probably were like, yeah, if you'd have listened to some of our conversations and stuff, mm -hmm. like we were probably, you'd probably be like, oh, these kids are fucking racist, you know? Yeah. But a lot of the stuff was just things we just didn't know. Yeah. You know? And like, um, and when you also, when you're at like certain levels of class levels, socioeconomic, the only thing you can different everybody's so fucking poor the only thing you even know like you just point out people's yep. the easiest things to see yep and we never had any influence yeah of course we never had any influence outside of black and white so mm -hmm. like but hearing that when i was on your show and you guys are joking about the shit that i used to joke about and feel okay joking about yeah. it, I'm like dude these <laughs> these people are more like me than i am like me <laughs> which was just crazy Cause you man. changed yeah because uh you you you're afraid to say things, afraid. right but I mean, that it makes sense, though. And it goes both ways. Like, I have this theory, right, that whoever's in control of your area controls your mind. So what, that, what I mean by that is, like, growing up in L.A., having um, a lot of people in, that, are, that are controlling the education, that are super left-wing liberals, um, the type of stuff that we grow up learning is white people are the enemy, Right. That's and then I grew up with maybe like 
five white kids in all of my schools up right. until I went to college. And you you know, in, in a lot of minorities' minds, you automatically just think white people are going to be racist. They're not going to include you. And it's, it's kind of like a bad place to start. Mm. And I don't think that's the truth, but that's the type of education that we're kind of drilled to believe. And it already sets us up in a way where there's separation. Mm. It doesn't come from a place of like, oh, we're all American. Right. And I'm sure too, like hearing from all of my friends that grew up in red states, like just like what you said, you didn't grow up hearing about all the contributions that minorities did. Mm-mm. So then you think, we just hey. We Karate Kid. And if, we, and if <laughs> yeah, there was a, yeah, 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 you'd be like, oh, you karate, you just so do it, a karate it, stance. I can you know? see why there's so many, you know, white guys coming out thinking like, man, we're doing all this stuff and we got to give out handouts. We're working so hard and you guys get to do, it, it makes sense. You know, I get it because I'm right in the middle and I see it all happening. And I'm like, oh shit, we're fighting for scraps. Right. Like what's really going on? Yeah. You know? And I think it's just the programming. And one of the one of the things that made me go, "Holy shit, this is really happening!" is when I was in Texas um, at my at my girlfriend's uh, uh, family reunion. I was just scrolling around, looking at the news. It's all red, like red state conservative stuff. Go to Arizona, same thing on my phone. I'm like, "This is crazy." I never clicked this stuff. When I get back in California, mm-hmm. all liberal news. Yeah. So I'm like, man, people aren't given a choice to look at two different things and come together and none of that stuff. It's yeah. just you're taught one thing, and if you don't believe that, then you're a traitor. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fucked up. Man, it, yeah, it's – you know what? I was just talking to Nicola a while ago about, yeah, like something that's missed that's been missing, and I feel like it's been missing too even in my own life and childhood growing up and everything, is some of the – a lot of conversations have never been had. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like a lot of conversations have never been had. It's like, you know, I need to hear that, you know, that, yeah, there's like, there's, you know, uh, that Hollywood is like, yeah, that's a certain neighborhood in Los Angeles, but there's still a huge predomination of, of people here. Yeah. Like, I have a lot of Latino fans that come out to my shows and stuff. Yeah. And I have some Middle Eastern fans that come <laughs> out too. And I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's like, so true. How the fuck are these guys out of their minds, you know? Yeah. But... So a lot of that stuff's just like, yeah, it makes me think like, wow, like, um, yeah, if we can, how do we find, how do we realize that we're not our programming, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's the hard part because that comes with knowing yourself, self-control. I mean, like, I always say comics sometimes make the best philosophers because they went through a lot of shit. Right. But most people, um, I think, I think you kind of don't understand that you have control over your thoughts, control yeah. over your actions, control over what you read. They're just reacting to life. Ah, uh, yeah. You know, I was an impulsive ass motherfucker, so I know personally. Like, I just did drugs whenever I wanted to. Wow. And I didn't think about the next step. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I think that's how most people live their lives. So they don't know. You know, that a lot of this shit can be dealt with if they just took better care of themselves or they thought before they acted. Yeah. Yeah, we've become very responsive. Yeah. You know, we've become very impulsive because it's almost one of the only feelings that we have left sometimes Mm -hmm. is reaction because we're not interacting, I think, as much. Yeah. And when you're not interacting, you're just 
you don't see, you know, you're not getting the full picture. You're just yep. getting this little bitty bullet, mm-hmm. but you're not seeing the whole weapon, you know? Yeah, I think a lot of shit started changing for me when I started traveling. Yeah. Seeing people face to face, meeting people instead of like letting what I was taught um, about, you know, certain people are boogeymen or whatever. Yeah. Then you just start being afraid of everything, you know? And if if someone represents that kind of thought, then you attack them like, Hey, you're one of those people. You're yeah. you're you're racist or you're whatever. You don't even have a conversation. And I'm like, damn, that's crazy. Cause I was like that. Yeah, dude. It's so funny, man. I was like that too. You know, I mean, growing up, like, even though I had a black friends, I was in a group called NFL, mm-hmm. you know, which was <laughs> for, in word for life, you know? Damn. I know. I was in the only fucking white kid. I definitely should not have been allowed in the group. Oh, it was a it was like a it was a gang, like a it was street a black gang? club. <laughs> It was a black club. That's I mean, tight. basically, people were like, "Are you guys? Do you guys have guns?" I'm like, "We don't have dads, and we have bikes." So, what oh, is it was that? like a crew. It was <laughs> yeah, like, a, like yeah, a crew. yeah, yeah, like a. <laughs> but I was like, but then I had a lot of anger sometimes towards black kids because you know I got jumped by um, by black kids a couple times. Yeah, man, and it just made me. And some of them have been my friends, and I didn't understand it at all. Yeah, and yeah. then at that point, like we also kind of went our separate ways. Where like. Most of the black kids in my town didn't go to school after eighth grade. They just disappeared. You mm. know, they just they didn't go to school at all. Mm-hmm. You know, they were they were welcome and allowed, just like anybody else. They were our classmates, but they just disappeared. Yeah, you know, they went off and got in a, caught up in other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I had a lot of, but I, I have to, you know, I realize now, like, I don't have anger towards like individual black people, you know, but I yeah. do have. There are probably remnants of that, you know, yeah, where it does make me angry sometimes. Um, but I, that doesn't mean that towards a general population that i feel that way no no i think the older i become i start treating it as a case by case yeah you know like i think it's hard to do that when you're a kid though no i mean i you know i i even got into it with a neo-nazi gang and huntington beach like on the beach got into a rumble for no reason and but then does that change my view on white people as a whole? No, like but back then I I hated. I was just like, well, fuck, they're all racist. Yeah. They all want to fight me. Yeah. But I mean, that's like a street gang. You know, you can't you can't go grow up thinking, well, I got robbed by a crip, so I hate all blacks. Yeah, like yeah. it does. They don't yeah. represent the general public of that group. You know, it doesn't it doesn't make sense. But when you're a kid. All you see is that that dude did me wrong, so all of them are must. They must be like that. And some of that's a safety precaution as a child. I think like so. as a child, if yeah. you get hit by lightning, yeah, dude, the next time you see a fucking rain, feel a raindrop on your cheek, you're gonna be like, "Fuck <laughs> the sky," you know. I bet you it, it, there's some kind of evolutionary truth to that shit. Oh, that's kind of sure. like if a snake bites you, then you you're afraid of snakes, right? Yeah. Well, you're not. You're <laughs> not yeah, you're afraid yeah. of at least that the amphibian area of the zoo. Yeah. So if an Asian dude like steals your shoes, then you always wash your shoes around Asians or something, right? And it would be silly for you not to, <laughs> right? It yeah, would be yeah, silly yeah. for you as a child, as a young person. Right. It would be silly for you not to. Yeah. Like, it would be abnatural, I think, for you not to. Mm-hmm. Instinctually. But as then as we age, if we're able to, if you have the blessing enough to live long enough, yeah. and then you can start to see things in a little bit different. Um, it's kind of like that, you know, about that stupid-ass hipster couple that went to ISIS territory, and they, oh, yeah. they ended up getting killed. They got jacked out. Because they... They're on the other end of like niceness, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, uh, no, everyone's cool and shit. Everybody like, ain't cool. No, man. And a lot of places aren't cool. Like, uh, and all America's like going through a time where also like a diversity is like only really been like 
happening heavily yeah. into a lot of different cities. Like since colleges started, you know, uh, really bringing in a lot of different cultures. Yeah. Um, like a lot more students are, are moving in from different countries and going to like universities, you know, like oh, international yeah. students. And like, so you're starting to see like a lot more cultures pop up in America, mm-hmm. especially like in the last 20, 30 years. Um, yeah where they're becoming prolific and getting voices like you guys have at JK news. Like, like you guys have a huge audience, 4 million, 5 million people. And it's like, Mm -hmm. and you have a voice, you know, and it's, and the crazy thing is that I realize the voice isn't that different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what it's all about. Right. I think it's all about us being a real democracy, like America being able to come together and share voices of like what we really mean like are like us like real people from the community talking about how they feel and what they think not right. our representatives or not what the media says agreed so because i mean you know like you're 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 in hollywood you know how much they control the script you know how oh, much the worst that's and, why we're here that's why you and i are yeah, doing our own things yes and people i think they're tired of that shit. That's why they're listening to people like us because that's what they want to hear. They don't want to hear that bullshit when you turn on the news and then, you know, you know it's it's fake as hell and it's so sensationalized and they always focus on negative, negative shit yeah. to get people all riled up so they could click that and click this. And I think what's happening now is they're so desperate that they gotta they gotta look for shit that makes people go, oh my God, another guy died. I gotta click yeah. this. I gotta click that. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's it's definitely gotten that way. But the blessing in that, I think, long term, is that a lot of that news has jumped the shark. You know, it's yep. like, oh, people are like, oh, this isn't. It costs if it costs half a million dollars to make that show today. Yep. You're like, a lot of people getting paid along those lines mm-hmm. to have an influence and have an input. Whereas, you know, um, you know, things can be more grassroots at our level. Yeah, you know, where it's like, yeah, you don't make you know nearly the money you make off of advertising on a big show, but also you have the blessing of like being able to try and have a moment to be genuine. Yeah. And at least, you know, and recognize people are. I mean, yeah, man, I mean, I, I even feel bad about probably some of the things I said, I've said about and to Asian people growing up, you know? <laughs> Sitting but, here with, with you, it makes me think about that a little but bit. But you know what's cool is that <clears throat> humans grow. Like, we change, you yeah. know? Even every cell in our body, every 10 years, it's a whole different person. Yeah. And and the type of people we are, we, it should never stick with us forever. Yeah. Like... Like, I've done some stupid shit in the past that, I mean, I would never do today. Yeah. And, but that's what kind of sucks is, like, nowadays, like, it, it, people will dig up some shit that you said five years ago and then and it kind of, you know, make that haunt you. I, I fucking right. hate that I shit. I hate that, too. Yeah, because it sucks. It's, like, you got to give people a chance to change. You got you to gotta give people a chance to say, I don't think like that anymore. This yes. is what I believe now, and I learned my lesson. Because mm-hmm. how else are we going to grow? Yeah, that's you know the I mean? thing. How do we expect America to change exactly. if we're not even willing to let an individual change? Yep. Like you're going to hold somebody else accountable for something 10 years ago? Mm-hmm. It's kind of the, some of the same group think. It's like, or some of the same think that goes on in America. Like, I can't do anything about somebody white that was here fucking 200 years ago. Yeah. Nothing I can do about it. Yeah. You know? I mean, my father's from Nicaragua. My mother grew up in Chicago. Yeah. You know, like the first stop on the Underground Railroad, like the only place to get <laughs> off the train, you know? Yeah. like. My family wasn't involved in all that kind of shit, you know, yeah. and racist stuff. But it's like, yeah, you have to let people change. You have to. It's so true, man. And I and I have to remember it, you know. Yeah, and and, and it's all it's all about not taking anything personally because it might be that 
you're just a representation of what they mm. you know what i mean like oh, like maybe yeah. some some white dude did something wrong to somebody yeah or like and then they look at you like oh, oh fuck you, this dude yeah you know or or you just don't know like that's what i that's what i came to realize it was like man it's not about me it's their image it's their reality i'm just a i'm just a character in their show yeah and it's like maybe they got swindled by an Asian dude, and then they're like, "I can't trust another Asian ever again." Yeah, you know what I mean. So, I, I, I oh yeah, the Chinese finger trap—they have you put in all ten fingers, <laughs> yeah, and then they steal your wallet. That old trick, you're like, fuck. <laughs> that little can't finger even stop thing. Them. Oh, yeah. Well, Damn. This, I remember a guy pulled up in our college town one time and had five fingers. You put oh, them shit. in, they got trapped, and then they stole your wallet. Oh, shit. That's crazy, man. It's pretty awesome, though, in hindsight. <laughs> like, damn, this is fucking great, dude. Yeah. I mean, but but all I could do is be the balance. Right. You know? And, and Oh, I love that, man. Be the balance. Yeah. Because if they meet you and they realize, oh, shit, you know what? I was wrong. Yeah. You know? Instead of perpetuating whatever they thought, you could kind of like freaking Jedi mind trick them. Yeah. And then be like, no, I'm cool, man. This is cool. Yeah. It's like you get a chance every time you meet somebody to show them a different example. Yeah. You know? And I, and I kind of think that this is something that uh, minorities or specifically in my culture we knew that it was a it was a group thing. Like anytime any other group in, encounters a Japanese person, we're representing. We have the 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 whole race. Mm. We have that responsibility on our shoulder. That's beautiful. We can't look stupid. We can't treat people wrong because they might think all of us are that way. Right. But I don't think. Um, I think this is a new concept for other people because the you know we're we're a collective society so we're you know we think about the group all the time before ourselves wow versus in america it's all about the individual individual thought freedom and stuff like that so it's like yo man that's 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 that other white guy that's not me right like and i'm not even the same person right but there's got to be some type of connection that everyone's got to be responsible for Mm. because if it's not you they're gonna think that about another guy right might be your brother or your neighbor, yeah. or something else, yeah, yeah, and it's like, how do we find out what that is? You know, that's tough. But I think, yeah, it's like you know, we just keep trying to figure out. I don't know. We just stay open to change, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And be the balance, man. Yeah, because I think it's kind of. I mean, I, I'm personally like looking at individual situations, right? And it's kind of like, well, we have poor white kids in America that grew up in shady ass situations, but they don't get government funding when it comes to colleges. They have to go through even more shit and right. they're called privileged right? right when they're not and then you have you know maybe a guy like me that kind of fucked around and i get a second chance because i'm a minority right and my first time going to college i just wanted the aid so i could buy weed right <laughs> so i could buy a pound of weed and sell that <laughs> shit so i'm taking advantage of the system when another guy could that really worked hard at school could have went through it yeah i mean fortunately it worked out well for me because yeah. I ended up sticking with college and I graduated. But individually, there's all these different cases where people are getting fucked and they shouldn't be because they did their job. But then I can see where, you know, people feel like, man, that's fucked up. Yeah, it's like we're you know? living like a, we're, we're, we're all we're, we're all we're living like the the life that two generations ago. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. we're living based on a previous generation all the time. Yep. So it's like. Yeah, it's just I don't know, and and that's it's hard to keep it's hard to put 
good boundaries and good practices onto something are realistic boundaries and practices that are effective onto something that changes constantly. And yes. America's just changing constantly. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, and you can't bring back old shit like this happened 50 years ago yeah. and you're going to do it again. But I think it's just the whole resentment people hold and not to People want to hold resentments. That's yeah. another thing. As a group, we got to realize the biggest thing you can do is say, let's move onward. Yep. That's the past, you know. Because when I look at it in a positive way, man, we have so much talent. Like we could get the best of the best of every group. Yeah. You got the You got the Asians doing math. You got the, yeah. <laughs> you know. You got you got like you got like Swedish people playing uh building furniture yeah, or building something. Furniture, you know what I mean? Like whatever. And then you got the Louisiana people making like catfish and yeah. stuff. Or like I don't know, sandwiches. But yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I see what you're that. saying. We got and then we got the best of the best. And and that's what we need to like put up and like, yes yeah we could say look i'm we're still yeah this is fucking america bro and i think a lot of people yep. still want to have american pride though yeah i am yeah and i love it you know and and it's so weird that it that's not a cool thing anymore i know the cool thing is to hate america and i'm like why yeah i'm the kind of guy that wants to clean up my house not just move away when it gets dirty you know that's Amen, the way to dude. do it yeah i mean my father moved here yeah and gave us a chance you know it's like he uh, came from uh nicaragua yeah or, oh and I only say Nicaragua on certain groups of people because it's a risky word to say right now, dude. You know what I'm saying? Some neighborhoods, <laughs> yeah, if yeah, I'm going to yeah. say it, I roll up the windows. Oh, shit. Because I don't, don't want know. anybody hearing it. Yeah. You might but slip you, it up a oh, little bit. Oh, dude, it's just all it takes is just a little bit of uh, dry air in your throat. That's crazy how you're, you're half Nicaraguan, but then you still kind of um, identify with white. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it's just where I grew up. And my dad was so old that he couldn't teach us a lot of like Spanish and stuff like that, you know? Mm. He taught us some stuff and he took us he took me one time to Central America, but um But man, no, look, dude, it's fascinating. I appreciate you coming in. Uh, tell us real quick so we can finish on this note, like what kind of entrepreneurial stuff did you get into? Like now? So yeah. right now I have a um I have a drink shop out in Westwood in Roland Heights called Sip. Mm -hmm. It's matcha green tea. Mm -hmm. It's really delicious. Go check that out. Mm -hmm. um, I have a few booths over at this food event called Smorgasburg every Sunday. It's a shrimp daddy. Mm. Um, it's it's yeah, garlic butter shrimp. You know what? I got I got to take you. We should we should take we should dude. I go over stuff. there and shrimp up. With yeah, you, boy. I fucking love shrimp, dude. You guys like shrimp? Oh yeah, man. Dude, what do Japanese? What time do Japanese people go to bed? We, at? What? <laughs> what time? I mean, the whole nation. I don't know, man. Like normal I people, I don't know. But seven thirty. I feel like you guys get in bed early, bro. You think I'm that disciplined? All right. If I nowadays, yeah, I, I do sleep early. Nowadays, I do. But back in the day, though, I used to sleep at like six a.m. Really? Yeah, and go raving all night. Nah. -uh. Yeah. Japanese people go to raves, huh? <laughs> yeah, the whole country, bro. What kind of game do y'all play at the house if you have a board game? Um. Like, was there, like, Shit. some traditional? I mean, we grew up playing, was it just Monopoly and stuff like that? Oh, like, stuff, our or was stuff? There, yeah, 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 yeah. We would play, um, yeah, Monopoly, just regular board games. Yeah. I don't I don't remember any Japanese-specific games. No. Yeah. It would just be video games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah stuff like Konami, that. remember that company? Konami. Yeah, that sounds that familiar. Yeah, yeah. What about Chinese checkers? Yeah, what about that? Oh, with the marbles? Yeah. Uh, was that the Chinese checkers? Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I played that. I played <laughs> that. Did? Yep. That's awesome. Played chess, played dominoes, played everything. Yeah. Yeah. And do you guys, like, do Japanese people have sex and stuff, huh? 
Lots of it. Really? Whole lot. Oh my yeah. god, bro! I can't even imagine that because I don't watch that kind of shit. Yo, bro. man. Well, I don't like Japanese porn. But... You don't? Why? Oh man, it's not I can't the same, bro. It, it seems that, yeah. it's weird. I mean, it's just a whole different world. I, I mean, you gotta, you just gotta be in it. Like, it, it's kind of weird being in both worlds because it's like the opposite of the U.S. Yeah, everything is just nuts. But um, yeah, they embrace sex. It's it's not a taboo. Like, it's it's okay, but it's not like it's like breathing. Like everybody has to fuck, right? right? I mean, it's 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 accepted to the point where they have nurses there that'll help beat off dudes that can't beat off anymore wow. or like old guys mentally disabled or whatever oh, like wow. they they make their rounds every month and they're like this is a human need i'm gonna beat your ass off <laughs> bah, bah, bah. damn that's beautiful and then the guys are like happy and they're like yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i was like oh i'm gonna go rake the yard now that yeah. i got all this now that i'm putting these binoculars down <laughs> wow that's crazy dude they should have if they had that service in america though i can't even imagine right it's kind of prudish here yeah, America's pretty prudish, huh? Even though we think we're not. It's crazy because, like, we are cool with violence, but we are not cool with a titty. Yeah. And that's the weirdest thing to me. Do you think sex would be more fun if you were a white person or if you were a different ethnicity? Do you ever think about that? No, I don't know. It. Yeah, I don't know. I never really, yeah, I never thought of that at all. I think I'd be more efficient <laughs> if I were se- Japanese having sex. Why? I think I could get it done quicker. You're and doing just more the organized. time and shit. Yeah. <laughs> You picture Japanese people to be always on time and like <laughs> indefinitely. Oh, here for the pussy. Yeah. You know what's funny is that stereotypes are not far from the truth. Yeah. Where like if you go there, the the way the public transportation runs, it's on the dot, bro. Wow. You never have a late train. I don't know how they do it. Well, I think because to me, Japanese people seem respectful of time yeah, to the yeah, point yeah. where they're like, okay, that's when I'm supposed to be there. Then that's when I will be there. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's more that's of a true. They have, seem to have more of an honor system in most things that they do. Man, I used to get my ass beat if I didn't respect time. Yeah. Yeah. Like like more than grades. Yeah. yeah. Wow. My mom would be like, so I remember um, one time I got in trouble for graffiti. So I, <laughs> we had a court date. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, fuck, I can't find this court. This is before GPS and shit. And then so what she did was she drove to look for the court mm-hmm. the day before. Wow. So she timed herself how long it would take her mm. to get to, to my hearing. <laughs> so she could take me the next day and be on time. My son will be on time. I was like, damn, dude, Dang. that's crazy. But that's how she always did shit. Like, oh, if you have a job interview, you don't know how long it's going to take. You just go there the day before and kind of scope out the spot. That's a lot of honor, man. And I'm like, wow. It's a lot of respect for the court system. Yeah, dude, man, I would be Japanese next time. Dude, would you be white? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it depends. Maybe I, I, come you know, on, like, I gotta say, yeah, I, yeah, man, like <laughs> maybe Louisiana <laughs> white, Louisiana white, bro, bro. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because um, a crawfish farmer is something that I, I want to do, out man. There. Yeah, dude, we should do some, we should do a sketch or something, a sketch that like kind of shows like some trading places. <laughs> yeah, and do some funny stuff. Yeah, though. that'd be funny. Um, you know what I try? Well, I want to try um catching catfish with my hand, man. Oh, really, dude? It looks that crazy. Is, well, now you're talking about Japanese porn again. <laughs> um, that's a thing they do down there, right? I know they catch the catfish. They do some things, man. They, oh yeah, they do. But I think also you also again are referencing Japanese porn the way you keep moving your arm like that. Um, do we have a couple of uh? Call, yeah, it's called noodling down there. Noodling. Did we have a couple of calls that came in for Joe? Yeah, we got a couple. Okay. All right. All right. This might be a familiar voice. Hey, this question is for Joe. 
uh, Ryan Davis from the Tim Paul Hat Podcast. I didn't get to ask you this when you were on our show. Uh, are you one of them superstitious type of uh, Koreans? Okay. First of all, uh, <laughs> Joe isn't Korean, dude. Right. He is Chinese. I'm joking. Uh, Good Joe old is, Ryan. Li- li- that's the lion hair Ryan, right? Yeah, yeah that's like, lion hair Ryan man, from Tim Homeboy looks like a straight Viking. Oh, yeah. Doesn't he? Oh, he could fuck in the snow, <laughs> undeniably. Do you think that... Uh, what do you think, man? Am I superstitious? Yeah. Or does that start to fade away? Um, you know what? I think uh, I grew up Christian. Mm-hmm. So my family is not a stereotypical Japanese family. Mm-hmm. Where I think a lot of Japanese people are a little bit, they dabble a little bit into the, as you can say, dark, dark arts. arts. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they're in them. But uh, it's an atheist country, mm-hmm. so they're really? more logical than anything because oh, wow. they believe in science. But they do do a little bit of uh, the home religion, the Shintoism. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like how uh, Catholicism might be for most people, where they just kind of do the ritual stuff, but right. they're not like devout, devout. But it's a part of the culture. What about uh, reincarnation? Yeah. Is that a popular belief in? Yeah, I think so. Because Buddhism. Yeah. Yeah, but for the most part, though, I think they kind of. Um, they're more modernized now. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't grow up with uh, too much superstition around me. I mean, we would hear stuff, but everything else was the devil. You know yeah. what I mean? Because we were so Christian. Oh, yeah. So it was like... Oh, that's Satan, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't play with the dark arts. Oh, dude. I remember when somebody came in with a bag of Big League Chew, dude, and I fucking <laughs> put so much of it in my mouth, I couldn't even fucking breathe. <laughs> yeah. And one of the neighbors had to come over and help get it out of my mouth. And I was like, that's fucking... Oh, shit. That's Satan. You, you almost died? Yeah. You choked on a big dude? Dude, I'm a minor leaguer, bro, when it comes to fucking face snacks. Uh, can we get one more question? Dude, I, yes, sir. I love Big Chew, by the way. You do? She was good. Oh, yeah. Man. We had a couple. We had, uh, we had, um, when I got older, we had a couple of alcoholics. I think they were Chinese or just had really tan. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> Actually, it could have been a Mexican guy that had been in a fire, even. But um, so he was always squinting. <laughs> he just, yeah, he just real uh kind of bronzed and thin. Um, but that they would stand and eat Big League Chew by the bus stop all all day. <laughs> That's and the bus stop hilarious. was broken down. No bus ever went there. So they just use it as a bench just to chill on. I think they were waiting for the bus. They were literally there for probably about six years. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's check one more. What's up, Nathio Joe? What's up? Uh, you have like a load of weapons <laughs> you carry around with you. I was just wondering, um, besides the guns, what is your favorite weapon? Oh, wow. Peace out. Well, and that's a mega sa- fan because he knows all the stuff that I have. Oh, that's cool. You have a lot of weapons. And that's Sam yeah, Baber yeah. sent that question. And thank you, Sam. And he's from another country. I'm not sure where. It's, it sounds a bit um, Mordor, British. It seemed like yeah, it seemed Mordor. like British or maybe one of the small villages. <laughs> He's on break from Hogwarts and stuff. <laughs> uh, yeah, what's your favorite weapon? Oh man, I, I'd say um, I just recently got this uh, walking stick. Okay, so it looks like an old man's cane, mm-hmm. but it's got all these spikes and ridges and stuff. And so when I walk around the neighborhood at night, I just use that because it looks pretty chill. Mm-hmm. But what's in it? 
No, it's just a it's just a cane, but it's solid as hell, and you can hook people with it. You can like kind of smack them around, and it's, it's it just looks like a geezer's cane. Mm. Yeah, but before that, I used to walk around with a big staff, like yeah. I'm freaking Merlin. <laughs> wow, dude. So, I, and then the cops wouldn't even bat an eye because it was like ah, oh, it's just some just some Asian guy with a cane, guy in little Tokyo with the cane, man. Yeah. I just fit the stereotype. You know what I mean? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> just fitting the stereotype man. with That's a all. big walking stick i mean it's huge it, it looks like a wizard staff yeah so i'm, I'm walking around there and, and and if some crackhead wants to get too close i just <laughs> yeah you, yeah you'll serve him some crack yeah I'll serve <laughs> him some. just uh we're just we're just living out stereotypes uh joe jitsukawa thank you so much for being here today bro. yo man thank you theo i loved being like man this is i was really looking forward to being on the show and Thanks, i'm like dude pretty awesome always talking to you man yeah same yeah, yeah. same here man i really appreciate it dude it's been neat to uh yeah like your buddy uh bart who works with you on jk news just texting with him the other day yeah but yeah it's been neat man like because my circle of friends and my life has been like it's been diverse in the white world and in some other ethnicities especially when i was younger growing up but you know mostly like you said here in los angeles even though like outside of like comedy and doing comedy like most of my friends are kind of a little bit similar you yeah know? similar to me um, yeah yeah but it's nice to uh, it's neat to feel like uh that there's commonalities in that that, that could change you know yeah man a hundred percent so we'll have to talk about stuff uh more stuff in the future yeah for sure uh, we'll go get some burgers and, and and shrimps and rice and mix it all up this dude wants shrimp so bad yeah. huh <laughs> uh jojo Takawa, thank you so much peace now I'm just floating on the breeze And I feel I'm falling like these leaves I must be cornerstone Oh, but when I reach that ground I'll share this peace of mind I found I can feel it in my bones But it's gonna take a little time For me to set that parking brake and let myself all wild shine that light on me. I'll sit and tell you my stories. Shine on me. Good evening, good afternoon, and other times. Thanks for watching that video you just saw. I mean, it was okay. But the next video you could watch could be way better. What if you watch a video right now that changes your life? Well, you could. Watch this one. Or watch this one. Watch this one. Watch this one. Watch this one. Ah! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Jonathan Kite, and welcome to Kite Club, a podcast where I'll be sharing thoughts on things like current events, stand-up stories, and seven ways to pleasure your partner. The answer may shock you. Sometimes I'll interview my friends. Sometimes I won't. And as always, I'll be joined by the voices in my head. You have three new voice messages. A lot of people are talking about Kite Club. I've been talking about Kite Club for so long, longer than anybody else. So great. Hi, sweetheart. Here's a deal. Anyone who doesn't listen to Kite Club is a dodgy bloody wanker. Jermaine. Oh, hi, I'll take a quarter pounder with cheese and a McFlurry. Sorry, sir, but our ice cream machine is broken. <laughs> I think Tom Hanks just butt-dialed me. Anyway, first rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Second rule of Kite Club is tell everyone about Kite Club. Third rule, 
Like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts or watch us on YouTube, yeah? And yes, don't worry, my Brad Pitt impression will get better.